coming up on episode 123 of Pixel Gaiden. We discuss six good Bomberman clones. We have our highest scoring game show yet. Answer some asinine quick questions. And Tim receives his next. We discuss our Christmas pickups. Eric touches on some new games he's played. Tim joins the modern console generation. We try not to laugh at the word floaters. And Tim joins us for a morning beer. Eric, it's that time of year where we forget all about our New Year's resolutions and yes. say, well, in an 11 and a half months, we'll try it again. Yep, exactly. I, what, you remember last episode, I was talking about, well, I got to get out, back out and run and, and, and start losing a, little, losing a little weight. I went twice. I, that's true. <laughs> I went twice and I'm still sitting here on the air, fat and sassy. So nailed it. Resolutions forgotten. Um, yeah, well, I didn't even try a, a resolution, but nonetheless, yeah. uh, I have a resolution for our listeners not to miss a single episode of Pixel Guide N. That's right. This year. I think that's a good one. That's one you can shoot for. And tell 35 friends about Pixel Guide N. 35 specifically. Exactly. Um, if you're like, what just happened? What show is this? Why am I listening to this? Well, let me tell you, you are in the perfect place for retro video game and retro inspired video game discussions and general tomfoolery. My name is Cody Hoffman. I'm Eric Nelson. And this episode on Pixel Guide N, episode one, two, three. Ooh. Ah, right, right. We are going to start off, as we always do, with some quick questions, which uh, we actually have a lot of them today, so probably not as quick, but that's okay. They're good, they're good general-purpose video game discussions. Um, we've got Cody's Corner, in which I talk about Gravatar. Wait, no. Black Widow. Recharged. Black Widow. Last episode, I kept saying Gravatar. I have it in, written down as Gravatar. It was Black Widow. I'm not sure why my mind kept going to Gravatar. But it's Good. actually interesting because Gravatar was the cabinet that most Black Widows became because it kept, most of them came in kit form in the arcades yeah. to replace Gravatar, um, the guts and the stickers and everything to make an old cabinet a new cabinet because Gravatar was not doing terribly well. So fun fact for you. That's um, great. Yeah. After that, we are going to have Jim, uh, Jim, Jim. Who's Jim? Jim hop on. <laughs> Jim with the T. Tim hop on, and uh, we've got a little game show planned. I've got one planned, a dastardly game show. Actually, Excellent. it is a game show. I'm hoping that you guys will be able to get higher points, a larger percentage of points. So it's designed specifically to have a higher score, hopefully, with a closer total here. Um, so, so you made the game show for like five-year-olds, <laughs> or everything is worth 1,000 points or 10,000 points. This is... Um, Video games for dummies, the game show. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Which plumber wore a red hat? Luigi. Uh, 
Um, and then we're going to go ahead and catch up, as we like to do, to talk about our general uh, video game experiences in the last month. And uh, finish off the episode with six good games. And this was an interesting one, I think. Um, it's been in our show notes for quite a while, Eric. I can't remember who put it in there, but... I think it was Tim. Was it Tim? And what it did Tim, Tim pick? Tim picked Bomberman clones or Bomberman-style games. That's the way I interpreted it. Yeah. Interpreted it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to get into them. Um, I went ahead again and uh, took the word good to mean interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Six, six, four good games and two interesting Bomberman yes. clones. So we'll get to that fairly shortly. Uh, until then, Eric, mm-hmm. let's start right on off as we like to do with some quick questions. Quick questions. Now well, we left, yeah, we left off uh, with a question we were going to come back to, I believe. Yep, and it wasn't that one from Ant Stiller. It was. Okay, so let's repeat that one, and I have a better, I have better answers for him this time. I, Hopefully, I think you I'm, do too. I, I barely. <laughs> <laughs> but but better nonetheless, yes. All right. What is your most hoped for retro related release for 2024? So I'm gonna answer this two ways. One is the one yep. I'm most looking forward to, which is not how I read the question. Okay. But it is that um I'm gonna get it wrong now, that Commodore 64 game coming out, the Yeti Mountain. Yes, that but one looks really good. I heard it's out now. I believe it is out as of this oh. recording. So um, you know, let me look it up here on the spot. So, again, yep. behind the curtains, Eric and I actually did record our last episode uh, almost two weeks ago now. That's right, which we we don't we usually back do. to back them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, I, that Yeti game looks amazing. So, hopefully, if it is out, I really need to go grab that. And I've been chomping at the bit to play a, another Commodore 64 game. Yeah, I need to get it out as well. So, yeah, ProDivision, here it is. So, yeah, you can purchase it uh eight ninety nine for a digital download of yeti mountain so let's get that going um yep. we'll talk about that in february absolutely very the month cool of looking lovers. Game. uh but the game that i would most hope for eric mm-hmm. i was just i was trying to think honestly like if i just said i want th- that this this doesn't exist no one's talked anything about it but this is a game i would like to play mm-hmm. um and i could have picked a ton of things fantasy games right yeah. But know what I'd really like to play, Eric? What's the that? Game, the game that made me originally fall in love with the Commodore 64. I want a sequel to Guns and Ghosts. Yeah, that is a good point. I would love a sequel to Guns and Ghosts. And Guns and Ghosts is another release. That was quite a while ago now. Um, 2000 and... Uh, I'm trying to look up some details here. I think 2008... No, 2016? That sounds about right. That sounds. I think that sounds right. By uh, Cytronic Software, they released that game. Uh, you can be Trev or George, if you remember, in that game. And yeah. uh, I'm trying to look up real quick to see here uh, where. I'm trying really, to if the, I had to rank, if I had to make a ranking of modern-ish C64 games, that would be at the top. And frankly, best C64 games of all time, that would have to be in my top ten for sure. Yeah, love it. Oh, it's interesting. So it is. I was going to say that George and Trev were the names of the characters. They're also the guys who made the game. So, oh cool. man, I'm going to ruin this. It came by George with no E at the end, Rottensteiner, 
and Trevor Story in 2013 yeah. is when that game came. That's a 10-year-old game now. That's an 11-year-old. That's a retro game, Eric. It's not yeah. even retro-inspired anymore. That's just a retro game. And, of course, music by Richard Bayless, who goes by TND on all the little, on the, all the games. Anyways, awesome run-and-gun, uh, single-screen shooter for the Commodore 64. What was your choice, Eric? Well, I mean, we, we talked a bit about this last uh, month in the news section, but um, as we know, there's a lot of vaporware that happens. Like, people announce a piece of hardware or software, and then it just doesn't get made, or it gets pushed off and off and off, like the Spectrum Next. That wasn't vaporware, yeah, but... Yeah. But I've been waiting forever, and and hopefully it's going to arrive on my porch any day now. But that what we talked about, the GameCube flippy drive, I really want to get back into the GameCube. And I don't know if you're oh, yeah. like this mentally, like 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 I am. I, I could pull my GameCube out and play some games right now, but I want to wait for that drive to come out. Okay. You know what I mean? Like mentally, I have this block where uh, now that I know it could come out very soon, I, I want to wait to play it. <laughs> I imagine to play it and I just want to wait until I do that all at once. So I'm waiting for that flippy drive for the GameCube. It's supposed to be amazing. It's going to, I think, be very popular and I'm on the waiting list. So hopefully day one when that is announced, and it's supposed to be quarter one, um, supposed to be quarter one to 2024 here, but we'll see if that actually happens. So that's my very pick. cool. Yep. Well thought so, out. Except, oh no, it says retro-related release. So yeah, that would be a yep. release for sure, for sure. Yeah. So it's not a game; it's just a release. So that is it. Gotcha, gotcha. So I have the next question here, and that's from it's from me. Ah. It's a me. Ooh, it's an Eric. <laughs> so I know the Nintendo is your favorite system, your console. Yeah. It's actually system. not. It's actually not. What? But it is, it is the one that I grew up on for sure. Okay. Yes. If if you were showing someone uh, an NES for the first time, what game would you show them that shows off its features and technology? Doesn't have to be your favorite game. Something that just shows it off. And then also, what about the Super Nintendo? So I'm going to have two very boring answers. Okay. 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 Um. Nintendo does a very good job of making their own games that show off their own systems. Yes, they do. So, uh, this is very by the book, but it is the absolute truth. Super Mario 3 on the NES is going to to show you the most polished with all the tricks and all the stops pulled out. Especially love when you go to level 4 and you're in Big World. Everything's huge. Yeah. You're still small. Um, you know, all kinds of... Uh, going behind the backgrounds of things and uh, just physics of things. Like, it's just a very impressive, very impressive game. It's hard to say you can do any better than that. On the Super Nintendo, I has, I, it would be hard for me not to pick Super Mario World because, okay. again, they released it with that game to show off the system. But I think I will pick one that it's actually not my favorite game by any means. In fact, I don't even care for it much, but I know you do. And that's Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, because they've got all kinds of stuff going on in that one. Yeah, that that to me, I don't even know how to word this correctly. It feels to me like that could be a modern indie title if it was never released in the past. If yeah. it came out today, like on Steam, and it was like, hey, here's a little 8-bit looking little platformer for you. I think it would be very popular. It's actually funny that they because Nintendo loves to re-release old stuff and charge a ton for it. I'm, yes. I'm surprised they haven't found a way to release that for twenty nine ninety nine somehow. 
I bet they will. <laughs> I, bet <it's> com- <laughs> yeah. I bet it's coming. Do you have answers for your own question? I do. I do. But I'll keep them real quick. Um, I was always very, very impressed by actually my favorite game on the NES so far, which is uh, Kirby's Adventureland. Yeah. I always yeah. think that game is so smooth and the music is just perfect. That to me is the perfect NES game. It's not super it hard. Great. It's enjoyable. You just relax with it. But technically, all the animations are very smooth. I, I think it's an amazing game. Um, and then on the Super Nintendo, I bought this game back in the day. I played it for a couple of weeks and ended up really not liking it. But the graphics were just amazing. Now, you got to picture this. I was super into fighting games. Yeah. And loved Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo. That's where I've played Street Fighter the most is on the Super Nintendo. Um, but my answer is Killer Instinct. Okay. Um, I remember when Killer Instinct came out and I for the Super Nintendo, I went and grabbed it and I was playing it and I was just like, oh, these graphics are amazing. They were a lot kind of like the Mortal Kombat graphics where they were kind of yeah, digitized. The, uh, yeah, digitized video kind of, uh, yeah. Yep, and the, the sound was fantastic on there. And I, I just was like, I remember popping it in and going, oh, God, this looks so good. I'm ready. And then I was playing it as, as, a, as a fighting um, enthusiast. You know, I'm sitting here playing going, wait, wait a minute. Something's wrong here. Something's really wrong. See, I was, I <laughs> and, was too young. Cause I remember I actually, that's probably the fighter I played more than any other fighter because my buddy got it for the same reason. He was all excited about it. Yeah. And we end up playing a, uh, a ton of Killer Instinct, but I didn't know enough about fighting games or anything, so... Yeah. To this day, I, I haven't played it since, I don't think. Right. But I, apparently it's not terribly balanced or fun. <laughs> no. It, okay. it's, it, coming from Street Fighter and some of the Neo Geo fighting games that I played, and and uh, I, I it, when I played, I was, I was not happy with it. But, but it came with a, a black cartridge. It came with a black cartridge, and it was a technical marvel. I mean, it really was... Instantly like, made it cooler. Yep. <laughs> All right, um, so that's that. It is that. Know what else is that? Hmm. And a bag of chips? What is Our that? Our friends over at RetroRewind.ca, Eric. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I think that is... Perfect. <laughs> oh, it's back. Yeah, I got it back. I, Brought I it love back. it. That's my favorite <laughs> drop of all time. RetroRewind.ca, our favorite show sponsor. I can say that. Yeah. Uh, because they have everything we need, Eric, for our Commodore computers, whether it's our Commodore 64, our beloved, our Commodore Amiga, even something a little more odd, a Commodore 128, 16, plus 4, uh, your beloved VIC-20, the first computer Eric ever used. If you Correct. need to keep these computers running or are looking to get into some actual real hardware, head on down to Retro Rewind because they have everything you need to keep them running and uh, get them playing things better than they've ever played them before, quite literally. Uh, you can hop down there and get everything from... Uh, replacement ROMs, uh, new ROMs, Jiffy DOS, things like that. You can pop in your computers to get them uh, running with new operating systems and um, and kickstarts and and all the all the things. Um, and, and then you've also got. I'm looking at the Amiga stuff right now. You've got all kinds of adapters for everything from your A500 to an A4000. You lucky duck if you have one of those. Uh, they've got CPU relocators. They've got replacement brackets to mount things. They've got hard drives. They've got um, of course, capacitors, we always talk about that. One cool thing we don't talk about very much is they have the Amiga 4-player adapter. That's right. Your Amiga oh, comes wow. with two ports. And if you want to uh, 
I will read right from the website. Turn your next gaming party up a notch. Grab the Amiga four-player adapter, which takes um, takes those ports and, and adds two more. I think it, it plugs into the back to add two more ports. So you can play four-player games on your Amiga. Yeah, and I bet that's probably got to be at 50 or 60 bucks, right? Eric, you would be right. It does have a five, but only $15, my isn't friend. That, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Frank, you got to charge more, buddy. He's got low, low price. It's crazy Frank's over at Retro Rewind. <laughs> crazy Frank. Uh, another thing, if you're if you're, we're talking Amigas right now, get get yourself a coin cell battery adapter. Rip out that old Varda battery that's about to explode, or perhaps already has all over your Amiga and ruined it. Uh, for I'm guessing eighty dollars, no, Eric, eight dollars. You can get a coin cell battery adapter to put in its place, but you're not even going to have to pay a full eight dollars, are you, Eric? No, you are not, because if you log into the site and you put in the code PG10, you get. Two percent off? No, no, get, no, no. You get ten percent off. Why? Because it's PG ten, right? So put the code in PG ten. You get ten percent off. Hey, I, I do have a. I want to splice in a quick question here. Please you ready? do. Please do. Advertising well, quick question. What's your favorite retro rewind thing that they offer? Whether you bought it or you want it, what is your favorite one? I don't mean to put you on the spot. Ooh, we didn't rehearse this. We didn't, but. I mean, it's it's my favorite Commodore peripheral, so it's got to be. Uh, well, it's one of my favorite Commodore, Commodore peripherals. But I was going to jump out and say uh, the quality of the Kung Fu Flash and everything that cartridge oh, yes. does for yep. for such a small price um, has to probably be my my favorite. Um, but one the, another, I'm going to give. I have to give it a second one. So sure. the, the Kung Fu Flash allows you. It's a cartridge allows you to load everything you could want or, and more on your on your commodore computer just off an sd card so super simple it's a must-have it's super cool and of course the way that it's packaged at retrorewind.com uh just makes it look excellent it is a quality piece and uh only uh 68 but wait no eric no what it would be 61 20 right now how did i do my math did i do did i do okay 10 percent off of that is, <laughs> is what it would be but uh, I'd have to say the coolest thing I, I think that is kind of unique and uh, that that they offer over at Retro Rewind that you absolutely cannot get any version of anywhere else, to my knowledge, is the C64 AV adapter. Right. And that right. plugs into your uh, audio video port on the back of your Commodore 64 and breaks it out so that you can do everything from S-video to uh, composite video off the back of this thing. You can pull out. There's just you can, It allows your Commodore to use all kinds of inputs and outputs uh, I guess just outputs, but that you would typically see on more modern stuff and uh, removes a lot of those limitations, and it's just packaged so well. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, my one favorite thing is I was so looking forward to this device, and when I got it, it it just worked, which, as you know, in retro, that's rare and very frustrating, <laughs> is the A630 Amiga 600 accelerator. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So my, my 1200 is kind of my daily driver, and when I bought that accelerator... I can't tell you how much work I had to do to make that thing work right. And so then I get this this uh, A630 from Retro Rewind, and I just popped it in and it works. I mean, I don't, I didn't have any other problem with it. It was a thing of beauty. And as far as Amiga accelerators go, you know those are very expensive. This is only 225 bucks for an Amiga accelerator. That's pretty cheap. But Eric, I can do this math. Okay. 
<laughs> Actually, no, I still can't. Uh, almost $200 after 10% off at Pixel with PG10. Uh, and they're on revision two of that accelerator now. So That's right. Always updating. So thank you very much to Frank and the team at RetroRewind.ca. Head on down there, grab some cool stuff, and throw in a cool Retro Rewind t-shirt while you're at it. Uh, yeah. They're the bee's knees. Absolutely. We have more quick questions, Eric, which I think would be that much more entertaining if we did it while drinking a beer. I we typically don't drink here, but at this point in the, the show, we always, let's go crazy. Let's go. Let's go nuts. Let's go loco. <laughs> um, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save this one for later for when Tim joins. Okay. So my first. Okay. My first beer is a retro rewind beer. Nice. And it is one I've probably had on the show three times at this point because I always have this in my fridge. Yeah. If I, I would be lying if I said I had a more another beer that was more favorite, more favorite oh. than this at this point. Interesting. I'm ready. I, I mean, it? taking everything into consideration, costs, availability, drinkability, all these things. It's a Coronado Brewing Company's Weekend Vibes IPA. That's right. And I do like Coronado Brewing. I like a couple of their brews quite a bit. So let me go ahead and... Oh. That almost sounded like professional, like I had that recorded ahead of time or something, but that was... So You're going to um, drink that vibes. right into the can like a savage. I, I love am. it. That's how I, I work. I love it. How about you? You just poured a bottle of something brown in. Yep. So th- I've never had this before, and I'm hoping for the best here because it is a Belgian ale, and I do not typically like Belgian ales, but I got it on yeah. purpose because trying to broaden my horizons here, I do not like Belgian ales. But this one is by a company called Lefe. Have you heard of that? It's like a, isn't that German? It looks, uh, well, I guess it could be Belgian. It looks uh, like a, some sort of a Catholic monastery or something. Yeah, um, I should have looked up. It's a product of Belgium. That makes sense. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it is something different. It's called a, the a blonde. It's a blonde Belgian ale. So you have the blonde. And it says it's it's uh, subtle notes of vanilla and cloves. The cloves are always what kills me. I do not like cloves uh, in beer. So And Belgian usually has a very, very yes. fruity, very, um, yeah, I don't know the word. Well, I, was I have say a feeling. Succulent. I don't know why. <laughs> I have a feeling uh, this is going to lower the the grading curve here. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and say let's cheers. Let's try it. Cheers. Go ahead and take a sip there. Mm-hmm. I am drinking out of my Doug mug. Ten marks. The send Doug us these mug. mugs. Got the Doug mug. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, come up with a rating scale for you and your beer because. Um. Took it. That little flavor snuck up on me, but it still hit me in the face. (laughs) I drank the first sip. I was like, you know what? This isn't so bad. And then it's like slap right in the face with the nasty clove flavor. All right. Yep. So. So yours was the Coronado because remember, I'm keeping a a spreadsheet now. Oh, well, yeah. Coronado weekend vibes. I mean, put, let's put it on the sheet, but I can't use it for a beer of the year or anything at the end because I've already had it. I've already had it. Sure. But I'm putting everything in here. So, okay. Eric, did you know that yeah. Belgium is the second de- the 22nd most densely populated country in the world? I did not know that. I did so not keep, know that. So keeping in mind that it has a density of... Uh, uh, was that uh, 376 kilometers squared is all it says this is a weird i'll just say eric out of 376 kilometers squared how many are you going to give that beer 
Out of 376 kilometers squared. Yes. I'm going to put 376. I'm going to give this, um, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's not great. So <laughs> Always a good start. I'm, I'm going to give it 202 out of 376. Okay. Okay. A little bit above half. But we're not reading on a bell curve. Go ahead and rate your Coronado beer at this moment in time. Because remember, you've had this many times before. You've rated it many times. But I have. Out of, 300, out of 376 kilometers, man, I still love this beer so much. Yep. 342, Eric. 342. 342. It never loses. It's always interesting. And even if you drink it over and over again, it doesn't lose its edge. Right. It's just a good, easy drinking, but zesty, flavorful Hoppy, I like it. So I that gives me f- that our rating. My beer was fifty three percent, so it got okay. a failing okay. grade. Let's let let's let me do the math here on my handy little spreadsheet here. See? I was shooting for like AA minus is what I was shooting for. That is so close yeah, I got. 90.9 percent. Okay, ninety one percent. I'm going to round up. Perfect. Oh, I got oh. that button. Perfect. Um, I need to turn it up, man. I see. Mathematics. Or as Tim would say, I'm bringing the maths to you. Oh, the you. maths. Multiple. Eric, I have a question for you from 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. Please. Which is uh, one of our patrons, so it's worth noticing that he is also on the YouTubes. If you want to know anything about Amigas, check out Doug, who also provides Eric with mugs. And me. And you. I have my mug somewhere around here. I just don't have it today. Uh <laughs> But a very on-topic question for 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, Eric. What is the best retro computer ever in the history of the universe, and why is the answer Amiga? Mm. What is the best retro computer ever in the history of the universe? Well, I have a very very obvious answer. Uh, so I'll answer this first. Yep. The only retro computer that I have out all the time is an Amiga 1200. It's sitting right next to me right here. I'm looking at it. It's the one that is modded up the wazoo the most. I've spent the most money on it. Well, that's easy to do. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Um, but but what is answer. the best <laughs> retro computer ever? It, it's definitely, for me, and always will be the Commodore 64. It's what I grew up with. But more than that, it... I think it has the most the most vibrant scene. I think it has yeah. great eight bit games. I love the tunes on it with the SID chip. It I like I like so many retro computers, the Ataris, the 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 Calicos, all of them. I love all of them. But the Commodore sixty four to me is the king and always will be. What about you? You don't have a Coleco computer, do you? The Coleco Adam? I have uh, the guts of one out in the garage that's broken, never got... It's in the bro- the oh, box of man. Broken Dreams. That is something that, as soon as you brought that up just now, I, I, I remember that I really wanted to grab one of those. They're tough. They're yeah, tough. Yeah, I know. I've heard they're yeah. very tough, and the powering them is difficult, and they're big. And, yeah. Yes. Yep. Man. Um, I... I the, so this is coming from somebody who is... Uh, I think this is important... And I've talked about it many times on the show before. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up with computers until the, my Macintosh. That's what my family had. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, I do not consider the Macintosh one of the best retro computers ever. Um, I'm gonna. I have a two-part answer here. Um, 
No, I don't have a two-part. I have a one-part answer, and that is I've learned all these computers since I've turned 30-something. I Mm -hmm. I didn't know about pretty much any of these that we've been talking about on the show since I've been 30. So this is honestly an unbiased view of it. Right. And um, like you, I love – I'm looking on them all right now. I love so many of these computers. There's some that I like. There's some that I honestly – don't care for a terrible amount but i want to own it because it's cool to have i won't name names but it's the commodore 64 it is it is there's something about it there is um and a big part of it is the scene that's i mean that is a huge part of it now what's cool about it is all these other computers are getting these crazy scenes now as well which is yeah which is fantastic i love it i have my amstrad that that tim gave me and when i got that thing it had uh he helped me bring in the the sd card solution so i can put whatever i want on it and there wasn't much in the way of new stuff yet no since i got that thing there's like a meager release or um, uh, amstrad releases weekly if not more more often that like it's just blowing up it's a great system that's and that's one i still lack by the way i need to get one yeah they're they are very cool and i love my msx2 that's probably my closest 8-bit i love the amiga i think if i went back in time and instead of having the Macintosh, not that I had the choice, my parents did, right? Yeah. There's a part of me that would thinks the Amiga would have been the best choice. However, the games, Eric, the games. I don't. The, there's a vibe to Amiga games, and I love it. It's unique. It's its own thing. But there's not many good ones. There's not many, there's not good many great ones. ones. There's not yeah. many great ones. Like platformers, uh, I agree. But man, cannon fodder, uh, so good. Mwah. So if I had to go back to that era, right, 1991 yeah. through 94 or whatever, yeah. I'd have to have an Amiga and a DOS computer. Yeah. DOS <laughs> yeah. for the games, Amiga for everything else. That's just the truth of it. So there's your answer in like five different ways, 10 mark. Yep, so the uh, next one, one here yep, is for our, from our buddy Adam at Commodore Chronicles. I wonder what his favorite computer is. <laughs> exactly. He has a quick question, and that is, when the Sega Dreamcast 2 comes out in 2024, will Sega finally do what Nintendo don't? <laughs> More seriously, Sega has been teasing a bunch of new mini consoles. Which Sega mini console would you like to see first? You go first on this one. I took the last one. Okay. First of all, if the Sega Dreamcast 2 was a reality, was true, I I would really like look into it because that would oh, be sure. amazing. Um, I love everything about the Dreamcast. Um, if they came out with teased, teased a bunch of new mini consoles, what would I what would I be interested well, they, in? They've um, already been teasing them, apparently. Yeah. Um, the Sega Saturn, of course, that's one of my favorite systems. I love the Sega Saturn. Um, you know, the history of the Sega Saturn is that it was a very notoriously difficult system to program program for because of the chip architecture. If that had been smoothed out and, and more games had had came out for it, I think it would have been a bigger success. So I, I think the Sega Saturn is probably my choice. Um, what about you for the first one? So I, I thought about this, actually. I thought about this yeah. probably harder than I should have, but 
the the Genesis Mini already exists. In fact, there's yes. a couple of them now. Sega really didn't have that many consoles out. Um, the Master System wasn't big here, and I owned the, I actually owned one right. uh, while it still was a thing in America, but towards the end. And same kind of thing. There's not a huge glut of great games or even good games, uh, in my opinion, on the Master System. Although I enjoy it very much, and I ha- there are some really great games. So I, I can't see that being realistic, and it's not the one I'd look for. I love, love, love the Saturn. I'm mm-hmm. with you. But almost entirely because of its Japanese library. Yeah. They wouldn't would agree fill that. it with a bunch of Japanese games, I don't believe. It would be, I mean, what are we going to play? Clockwork Night? And <laughs> uh, I guess Night Guardian Heroes? Dreams. Come on. You can Daytona? Get Guardian Heroes on there. Daytona. So, I mean, yeah, there's some things. The Dreamcast has games, like yes. games that you would play today and and love. It's, you know, you've got your crazy taxis and your jet grind radios, and it's got classic games that would go over really well. I think that would probably be the best console. Now, that being said, I still think out of anything Sega made, if they made a mini, I'm going to call it a mini, but really imagine a Sega Game Gear. Yes, yes, okay. The same form factor, but skinnier, because it doesn't need to be huge and thick and a battery suck. Right. Filled with top-tier Game Gear games, which, by the way, are really good games. Yeah. They're pretty uh, much Genesis the, games. <laughs> similar, yeah. Well, they're, yeah, this, it's similar architecture to the Master System, but with a bigger color palette. Yeah. And a little better sound chip, I think. But a little handheld like that with the games built into it would be the coolest thing. So that, that would, would be. be my vote. You're right. I will say about this, too, and it breaks my heart that this hasn't happened and probably won't. The more that I play the Sega Master System, the more I realize it really had a lot going for it. And its competitor, like the the, the original Nintendo, of course, the Nintendo's going to beat it. Uh, it had more good games. And it beat it on almost everything except whenever I play a Sega Master System, love the color palette. Sound is great. Yeah. It is a really underrated system. So why didn't why hasn't it gotten a mini console yet? And I well, know. and I, I agree with that. However, I do think that because it never got terribly popular, they weren't able to get that many people making games for it. True. And so the game library was a fraction of the Nintendo, and therefore the amount of good games were a fraction of the Nintendo. So, but the Game Gear actually had a pretty good darn library. Yeah, I did. It does. Those games were better. <laughs> they are better games. Anyways. Yep. And look, it's right here next to me. It's chunky, but funky. Oh, it is chunky. Nice. And actually, how cool would it be if they made it with little uh, micro, micro switches and the buttons? That's quick questions, everyone. That is. And again, I said it would be long questions rather than quick questions. We're already 34 minutes into the show, Eric. Um. I think at this point, it's time for us to go ahead, tell everybody a little bit about ourselves. Uh, and that after that, we're going to have Cody's Corner. Oh. Oh. Hmm. About Black Widow? About Black Widow. Exactly. N- not and then Gravatar, we'll, but Black not Widow. Not Gravatar. And we'll pop right on back here live to the studio to uh, welcome back Tim and kick off a game show. Actually, Eric, fun, yeah. teaser, t- fun teaser for you. 
I've okay. got one more special segment planned right before Tim hops on. Oh, Just saying. Right. Just saying. All right. Well, we'll be back right after these messages. Hey there, it's Tim, and I've got all the information you need about the Pixel Guiden podcast. If you didn't know already, you can find the show Podbean site by visiting pixelguiden.com from your browser of choice. And while you're on your browser, why not check out our podcast feed on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network? You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. Have you got any questions? Has something we've said driven you crazy enough to want to call us out? Or you just want to say hi? We love getting your feedback. So here are the ways you can contact us. You can reach us on the show Twitter account, which is at pixel underscore guide N. You can email us and our address is podcast at pixelguiden.com and if you want to reach us directly that's cody eric or tim the best way to get us is through our discord channel on the amigos retro gaming network you can get there by becoming a patron of our show at three dollars or more and we will get you a link to join the fun if you want to reach cody eric or tim directly you can get us on the following platforms you can reach cody on twitter or x and that's at oddball 49 that's o d d b a 1149 eric is also on twitter and on mastodon and you can get eric on twitter at the project that's d u h p r o j e c t and at mastodon is at the project at oldbytes.space and tim is on mastodon at sanction that's at s a n x i o n at oldbytes.space if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you'd give us a review and also for any of the other podcast catches that you may use. Here on Pixel Guide N, we like to announce every patron subscriber that subscribes at a $3 or more level by using our random adjective generator and a little bit of song. And on this episode of Pixel Guide N, we're going country and western. You know we've been doing this show for a long time. Pixel Gaiden and all the people who support us. We got the Resolute, Josh Malone, the Mini Daniel James, the Tyrene Tanma, Menio, Eric Sangren, the Hectic Mark Jasonowski, and the Aggressive Aaron Joy. Desirable Mitsuyama and the nautical David Vincent. Pixel, pixel guiding. Our patrons keep us playing. They're the ones that we can fight in. So we're gonna sing out their names. Direct and stiller. Salvage up old Steve Rasmussen. Jason Holland is quite dim and the unauthorized Mr. Toast. Sedate Paul Jacobson and the typical Brian Arsenault. Immodest Ramble K. Ramble K. David Cavallari's uncouth. And Adam from Commodore Chronicles is nostalgic. How about you? Mark Richardson, he's hypnotic. Richard Gamer Nation is dizzying. Pixel, 
politics and guidance Our patrons keep us playing They're the ones that we confide in So we're gonna sing out their names Like the Bumpy David Modelac The KG Scott Partalo is back Evocative Henrik Lovell Inspiring Matthew Ackerman Phonetic John Boat of car shawlers Bringing up the end Pixel guiding Our patrons keep us playing And to the ones who are here listening We hope you've enjoyed your names You know it's Pixel, Pixel guiding Our patrons keep us playing And to the ones who we confide in We're gonna sing out your names We are here with Cody's Corner once again, uh, installment number four of my Atari Recharged review series I've been doing, where I've been uh, playing through some of the Atari Recharged games, these kind of reimagined Atari classics with kind of modern amenities, a few adders, um, kind of a new art style for some games, and um, some killer soundtracks actually by um, an artist who is actually on all of these games, uh, whose name, of course, I'm forgetting right now i will remember it here shortly uh that being said um this might be the last one of these i do uh when i first started with the series you will remember about four episodes ago i started with yars recharge and i was blown away absolutely loved that game uh since then i've tried a few more and not terribly blown away by those um so we're gonna see how today's uh review fares and today i'm actually covering now I want to apologize. I kept telling everybody on the previous episode uh, that I was doing Gravatar Recharged today. And uh, that is not the game that I had left to play. I actually had Black Widow Recharged left to play. Now, that's actually kind of fitting, and I'll tell you why here right now. Uh, Apparently, Black Widow was a game, I believe it came out in 1983, um... And it was primarily, they made some new cabinets, but primarily it was a kit sold to arcade operators to replace their kind of not-so-popular Gravatar games. Um, they kind of put a sticker on the side of the panel, put a new cart marquee on it, and uh, and replaced the board. And now you've got a Black Widow, a whole new game for your Gravatar cabinet, uh, which again was not doing terribly well as far as bringing in the money for the arcade owners. Um, and I guess these are pretty rare in the wild. In fact, this is a game I've been wanting to play, the original Black Widow, for quite a while. Um, unfortunately, I, I've had a hard time playing it. Uh, it's hard to emulate because it has twin joystick controls, and I'm sure if I spent some time monkeying around with my uh, MAME cabinet, I could figure out how to get it all set up, but haven't been able to or had the will to, to dig into that to the point that I want to customize the controls for one game. Um, 
so I never got around to playing Black Widow. So this was my introduction uh, uh, introduction to Black Widow, and uh, a game that I thought looked super cool. I've always seen it. it looked like a, a really fun twin stick shooter. I love the theme. I love the gameplay um, from videos, and um, and this was my introduction to it, kind of. Uh, so more or less, uh, looking at the original arcade. Uh, it's kind of an average looking at arcade machine from the time. Um, but what was cool about it is it was a vector game. Now, in this recharge version, that means the art actually looks fairly similar to the original because all this Atari recharge artwork is, uh, or most of it, I should say, uh, is based off of kind of vector graphics, right? These line-drawn graphics you would get on these old, early 80s vector games like Star Wars or Asteroids or Black Widow. So, aside from that, you know, the, they kind of have this neon glowing effect on the recharge version here, but they actually look fairly similar, or somewhat, you know, relatable to the original arcade game. Now, in the original arcade game, uh, I will tell you right now, I, I have still have not been able to play it, but I'm watching videos, and I really want to try the original arcade game. It still looks like a blast to me. Um, I love the kind of thought process, or the kind of lack of industry norms that you know create that that created creativity if that's a word uh, back in these early days because they had games like this that were just so unique and on their own um it's a twin stick shooter i guess it's kind of a successor you know a, a not direct successor but came after robotron so this twin stick idea but it's very cool because you're this black widow and you're kind of looking top down on a web uh, which I'm not going to get all entomology nerd on you right now, but it's an orb spider web. All right, black widows don't make this kind of web, but wh- whatever. So you're this black widow spider dancing around this web, and uh, you've got insects of various types coming in at you, uh, trying to, I don't know, attack you, whatever. Um, it's interesting because when you shoot these things, uh, they turn into dollar signs, even though there's no currency in the game, and the dollar signs turn into points. Um, and that's going to be a difference that I'll tell you about. It's about two, 250 points to 500 points up to, I think, the biggest I've seen is 2,500 points for certain things you can do. Uh, but it's really unique because you can, of course, shoot everything. But there's a whole lot kind of going on with the, if you want to call it AI, in this game for an early 83 game. In that you've got bugs that are doing different things, right? You've got bugs that mosquitoes that are just popping there to annoy you. You shoot them, they turn into money. Then there's certain bugs... I think like the beetles that actually want to go and eat the money. So you have to like shoot them before they eat the money. And then you get, they turn turn into money also. There's other bugs that will fly in. I think hornets that will lay eggs that will turn into other hornets or other things. So you're trying to take these eggs if you can get to them in time before they grow too big and, and hatch. And you can push them off either the edge of the web or you can push them towards the middle. And in the middle of your web, there's like a circle down the middle and they fall fall through the web and disappear and you get a lot of points for those uh there's other um i don't know if they're wasps or something else that come later that uh, when they touch money it shoots a projectile like a missile towards you but there's kind of all kinds of stuff going on um the one major thing about the game that's a little more unique than just what i've told you which is pretty much the entire game is there are oh and there's also these like um grubs or whatever they call them that when you shoot them, they tick a few times and then they blow up. And the blow, the explosions get pretty big. They can kill you, but they also kill other things. 
but there's segments of web. So if you imagine like a spoke on a tire, there's 12 spokes that go out from this web and then a whole bunch of little horizontals that connect it, you know, to make a web. Um, those horizontals will sometimes change color in the original game. And depending on the color of it, either you can go through it or the enemies can go through it or you can go one way but not the other, you know, red or blue. And they're very distinctive, the different colors. Um, so I t- tell you all this about the original game to tell you what's recharged about this new version besides the music, besides, um, you know, the, the modern aspects to this. Of course, there is, just like the other recharge games, mission modes and things like that to add gameplay. Uh, there's also a two-player mode, co-op mode, which I think would be a lot of fun. I would love to get Eric or Tim over here one of these days to play some Atari recharge games in co-op two-player mode. Uh, that might, might add a lot to it. Um, and, of course, you can play it online as well. But here's the big differences uh, for me with this game from what I can tell, having not actually played but only watched the original. First of all, the scoring is a lot lower. Everything that was 250 points is now 25 points. They kind of take off a zero. Um, one thing that I don't like is they took off the scoring. Like when you shoot something or, or push an egg or something, um, the score doesn't pop up right next to it real quick. So you kind of have to like either go into the instructions to learn how many points everything is or like do something and then take your eyes off the screen and watch your score and calculate how many points you got for it. Uh, I liked it when the points just showed up. Uh, the big thing is, one of the big things is the original game, of course, being an uh, arcade game with eight-way control uh, joysticks. This uh, is a m- more modern version where you can shoot in, you know, all 360, you know, roughly cardinal directions. Um, so it's, it's kind of smoother. You don't, you don't get locked into a certain angle, uh, which eh, might lose something for me. I'm not sure. Um, the big thing is enemies move a whole lot faster in this one. And they're, they are seemingly a lot more random. Uh, you get overwhelmed pretty quick in this game. I would say this is probably the hardest of the four Atari Recharge games I've played yet. Um, another thing is those different colored horizontals in the web that allow enemies or you or different people to, to not be able to proceed through them. In this game, there, there's only one color. Um, and the color changes because the, the palette color palette changes on this game all the time but when you first start i think it it goes from being a blue web with yellow segments those yellow segments you cannot get through no matter what um from what i can tell the enemies can get through everything uh unless i just haven't seen something right so really this game is a lot more restrictive you think you're going around shooting everything at first and pretty soon like half the web is is impenetrable and you're kind of playing almost a maze game just trying to Dodge Island, it doesn't feel fair. Uh, it kind of takes a lot of the fun out of it for me. Um, I do love pushing the eggs. Uh, I love that little added thing. Uh, some of the missions are really cool because they really focus on, you know, shoot so many of this particular enemy and do this thing. Um, that kind of changes the gameplay a little bit. Um, but the other big change in this game is when you collect the dollar signs, it, uh, it kind of powers up this gauge you have. And once that gauge gets full, you're allowed to spit a big, like, 30-degree web, if you imagine, like, a 30-degree triangle shooting at you, uh, out. And, um, you know, if you get all the way to the edge of the screen, you can cover probably 80% of the screen with this vertical web or this 30-degree diagonal web. Uh, And that just kind of kills everything, and it's almost like a, you know, a bomb, if you will. The problem is you have to go to the edge of the screen to maximize how much screen you cover with it. And you don't want to be at the edge of the screen in this in this version of the game because things pop onto the screen really quick. Uh, there's kind of like a blue glow indicating that something's coming, but 
it's very brief, and then they're there. Um, not sure what else to tell you about this game. In fact, let me go ahead and uh, and get some some of the uh, music going on here in the background, so you can kind of hear some of it behind me here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm watching. The mosquitoes are annoying. Uh, your original fire. Oh, there are power ups. So your original fire is this kind of rapid fire single shot that goes I don't know a third of the way across the screen um, that's what you'll be using for a lot of it but you can power up of course like you can in most of these recharge games by having a spread shot or you can have a, uh, a shot that goes like makes a, a line all the way across the screen um, for a period of time that you know kills anything that walks into it um, there's some machine gun stuff uh, there's a weapon that shoots again about a third of the screen but it, it only shoots one at a time, and when you do that, it blows up at the end. It's kind of a bomb. Um, a big part of the strategy, I think, is really just collecting. It really is collecting those dollar signs. I typically uh, don't focus on that uh, in games like this because, yeah, money is great, but, um, but again, it's kind of deceiving because in this game, the money isn't money. It's a lot of things. It's points. It's kind of controls. Uh, in theory, it controls what some of the enemies are trying to do. Although, that being said, I don't know if this recharge version of the game really follows those original arcade rules. It seems a lot more random, sporadic, and um, fast-paced to me. Um, so what do I think about this game? Well, I think that it is, it, it's a good-looking game. It's exactly what you think it is when you hop on the, on the video and watch a video of it. Um, I would say it's a game is very much a game based on reactions rather than strategy. Um, I'm sure people could disagree with me on that, but I played it for a while. Um, it feels a lot like some of the other Atari Recharged games that I didn't care as much about. Um, if you can't already feel me heading in that direction, it's not a bad game by any means, but it doesn't draw me in. It doesn't get me excited. Um, you just kind of play it. And when you're done, you're like, okay. Um, I really think if they did something about those horizontal lines that really trap you in, and uh, I think there's a lot of wasted potential here, and I think that's why I get as frustrated about this game as I do, is it could be so much better with some slight tweaks. What they have here is is a bunch of great individual pieces, but when you add them all together, it's less than the sum of its parts, Is that if that makes sense. Um, you know, the missions are fun. They're de- Again, they're definitely more difficult than any of the other recharge games I've played, save maybe, um, maybe not the, um, the Yars Revenge game, uh, which was good difficult. I really enjoyed it. Um, so that's it. Uh, I, I, I gave all the other games uh, scores out of 100 for this one. I'm going to give it out of 100. Man, I, I, I don't dislike it. And the standard price on these games are $10 or $9.99, whatever. I got these at half price. I got them for 5 bucks a piece when they go on sale regularly. And for 5 bucks, if you're into this kind of thing, it's definitely worth $5. It's definitely worth playing a little bit. I don't know if it's worth 10 and I don't know if it's something I'd recommend to people who don't love retro games. Um, I'm going to give it like a 71 out of 100. Kind of a C- minus is where I'd put this one. And again, uh, out of the four games that I've played, um, 
you know, one of them blew me away and the other three did not blow me away. Um, some other games I haven't played yet that I was, you know, if I were to keep playing these and, and kind of move forward, I haven't played Berserk, uh, Quantum, Caverns of Mars, uh, Missile Command Recharged, uh, the aforementioned Gravatar. There is a re- recharged Gravatar. Like I said, I thought I was doing it today, but uh, that is one that's out there. Breakout Recharged. Um, you know, I already did Asteroids and Centipede, and uh, of course, Yara's Recharged as well. So... Not sure if I will continue on with this with Cody's Corner or not at this point, because uh, it would cause me to uh, need to purchase some more of these games to review. And, uh, you know, I like to play stuff I enjoy, and the last three of these kind of fell into that meh category for me. So that's kind of where I landed there. I don't have anything else to add, I think, at this point. I think I am at this point. You know, I, I was trying to get... Um, a dry runs going into these games without hearing any other reviews or comparing anything. At this point, I think I'm far enough in the series that I might watch some reviews online to see how people rank these uh, 11 games as there are right now in the Recharge series. And maybe I'll pick uh, the one or two next that people really hold high on a pedestal. Maybe that is Yara's Recharge, uh, in my opinion, so far it is. Um, but let me try to do some other ones that are that are kind of big hitters so I can get my zest back going for this series but i hope you enjoyed it and i'll see you next time on cody's corner and we are back here live in studio while tim joins us while delicately touching his microphone i see <laughs> yeah the the, the uh, I, I don't know what you call it it's a it's a dangerous it's called fondling this thing on the top <laughs> was was slightly ajar, so I had to I had to replace it. The thing anyway, on the top, the pop screen. The um, I'm very curious. What, <laughs> yeah, it's probably some like it's, weird British swear, and I'm not going to realize I said it. And it's yeah, okay. Yeah, we we we, we won't go there. <laughs> well, I kind of want to now. I tell well, you, good morning, there. Tim. <laughs> uh, yeah, good good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Doing all right. Yep, uh, you guys have your sports shirts and hats and stuff on. I feel uh, I feel naked in comparison here. <laughs> but yes, Tim's got, got his San Francisco 49ers hat on, which of course we are very Go happy. Niners! I'm I'm just happy that there's a football fan in England. Yeah, you know <laughs> there are tons of us. There are tons are there? of us. All right. We have we have what is it two maybe three regular games now. I've I've uh, probably been to see the 49ers more than some some people in america <laughs> it's like I, I, yeah i've, I've never seen three times now <laughs> that's cool that's cool and probably in a better stadium exactly um, and probably cheaper tickets oh <laughs> without yeah the, without cheaper. the opportunity of getting shanked <laughs> um you know and i was just assuming you know i was trying to be a, a proper american rather than a typical american who assumes the super bowl is like the world championship of football when we're the only place that really has it you know one of those kind of things world series yeah. right yeah, well, the, they, they, they've actually got a little bit of credence into that now because I think they play in, what's it, they play in uh, London, Germany, and Japan now. But how I, many I know they, How many Brits, Germans, and Japanese 
are in the wow. National Football League. Wow, Cody, you went there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, saying, wait a minute how, there. How many of them are in the NFL? I mean, is it really World Football League or World Champions? I mean, yeah, they're playing in these places, but... Okay, there's there's definitely not been any <laughs> Japanese players, to my recollection. I don't think there's been anyone of German origin. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> but there's there's definitely been British players. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Right. Is Brits? Is that a is that a bad slang? No, 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 <laughs> no, okay. no, no. Okay. You, you said the K word. <laughs> Sauerkraut, man. I grew up on the stuff. What okay. are you talking about? I, I, Cody couldn't get away because because he, he has German lineage. So that's I, I true. That's true. There. He does. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I have a, a game show coming up here. I'm excited. All right, about. I'm ready. I'm pumped. And I, before that, have... Uh, it's not even a segment. It's not even video game related. But, gentlemen, I had some thoughts, and I have nowhere else to express these thoughts. Mm. <clears throat> so I decided to create my own segment briefly here called Deep Thoughts <laughs> with Cody Hoffman. Nice. And Knives. <laughs> we need to go back... To using the word bazooka. <laughs> that's that's pretty much my thought. Uh, do we not use bazooka anymore? Now we call them RPGs. Yeah. Or Rocket grenade propelled launchers. grenades. Yeah. Or, uh, what, what, or all these other what, cool video game words. But in the, in the 80s, and we talked about like Rambo, you blew the guy away with a freaking bazooka. Yep. <laughs> all right. I guess I guess they could also that also could be used for something else descriptive. Um, <laughs> maybe you know, that's why it dropped. <laughs> I think this might be the third time since we started recording with Tim that he's uh, pointed out that our show needs to stop treading um, <laughs> as heavily as we are. <laughs> All right, deep thought number two, gentlemen. Okay. Oh. Adolf Hitler's life choices ruined an otherwise potentially fashionable mustache for all people for all time. That is correct. And I will tell you this. I remember back in, I, well, it was either, I, I don't remember, maybe the 90s, when Michael Jordan tried to bring it back and not On the even Haynes commercial. He, <laughs> not even he could bring it back. And if he can't bring back the Hitler mustache, no Seriously. one can. That's no exactly one it. It's funny. I was going to men- mention Michael Jordan because of that Haynes commercial where he had yep. the. Oh, he had it for a little while, and I was like, and I was like, okay, he's going to bring it back. Nope, it's we over. We need to find somebody brave enough to to push through the ridicule, ridicule, <laughs> but also has to have enough cool factor. Because so there is a guy right now. I'm yeah. not going to name names. We have a, a political whatever thing going on here in our local district. Running mm-hmm. for supervisor. Yep. And and there's there's all kinds of signage up. And this one guy, the only thing we anybody notices, no one knows anything about him, but he's got a Hitler mustache. Wow. There's no way he's going to win because he has that mustache. No. And there, he shouldn't have to have that stigma. That's it, true. He should be able to have a little, like, one-third patch of mustache down below your nose. Like, that should be a thing. But, it, it you know. Not to mention the, the... Probably the least of the things that... Hitler ruins, but still, yeah, of note, but, of note. But with the mustache, also the name Adolf. 
It's over. That's you a good point, named, too. You can't be named Adolf here. Yeah, Not luckily, here. German, in Germany, there are Adolfs and, and people yeah. understand. But over here in, in America, we don't understand that. And I'm no, guessing other parts you, of the world still still hear that and just go like chills, right? You're getting a name change. And I have a client and his last name was Adolf. And that was still even bad. Was? And it was his Did last have to change name. It? No, he didn't change it. He stuck with it. But I give like, him kudos for It's that. pronounced Adolf. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so the only person that could really possibly try and get away with this, and we should start a campaign because they're everywhere, <laughs> is Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift, you can pull it off. I think one of the Kelseys with Taylor Swift's power could legitimately pull it off. There's, that's the thing, though. You're going to get ridicule for like a solid six months, and then people are going to start calling it the Kelsey, and we're going to be all right. You know? Right, I I think Taylor Swift should grow the Hitler mustache and uh-huh. bring it yeah. back. Yeah. Let's see, yeah. let's see what happens. Oh man, my mind's going somewhere else. That's going to take us off air. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more deep thought. Okay, and this is video game related. Okay, okay. We need to slow down and appreciate the word joystick, quite literally meaning a stick that brings you joy. I'm just getting nods on the other time. Anyone, uh, anyone listening to this is just like, well, that's awkward. No one's saying anything, but you guys are nodding voraciously are in nodding. approval. In, in <laughs> approval, yeah, yeah. The, the joystick gets a bra- bad rap these days, definitely. Yeah, because people in video in movies and stuff like use them as if they're still modern gaming devices. Yeah. Like, I'm playing Call of Duty, and you see someone with the joystick in here, like... There's no way you're playing Call of Duty with a a single button zip stick. It's not happening. (laughs) That's right. And it's funny, because when I grew up, there was never a time when joysticks were current, really. Like, it it was the Nintendo pad and forward for me. So, like, joysticks were always like, those didn't exist, and then I kind of found out they did (laughs) later in life. Yeah, but but and then the joystick kind of came back. Like it, it there was game pads with the D pads, and then the joysticks came back. But they got like radically, severely circumcised down to these tiny little <laughs> little sticks, right? And no, and didn't. so like they, they, no, they didn't. That the arcade stick, the Nintendo action stick, or whatever it was, the called. advantage. They they yeah, they went bigger. They they didn't go smaller. They just went True. bigger. Well, true. but it's then like, you look at the ex- like, no, 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 no. It's like mobile phones in the nineties. Everything like the no- mobile phones, like your Nokia's and all that sort of stuff, they got smaller, and now bigger is better because you've got a screen and all that sort of stuff. Joysticks exactly the same. The ones that you ha- hold in your hand, they're great, but you- you're going to get RSI from those in about two minutes at our age. <laughs> so, <laughs> plonk it on a desk and a big stick with some buttons that you can mash because you're getting old and can't see which one to press properly the bigger the big joysticks are are the are the king yeah but i mean joysticks never went away (laughs) but they made like the xbox 360 controller and the ps the ps controller which has little tiny joysticks on joysticks that's what i mean i see what you're pushing for there movement things that's what (laughs) happened to them though is they shrunk down into these little tiny things right so yeah, exactly. That's it. As, yeah, a, as a judge, I'm going to give you guys each 50 points because okay. you're right. A small joystick and a thumb thing is a thumbstick. Yeah. But it's not a stick that brings you joy. It is a stick that brings you thumb. Yeah. 
in that case. <laughs> it's it's a thing that brings you movement on screen. Brings you movement. It brings you movement. It, it doesn't have the nostalgia feel of a of a proper joystick. Like an a, Ooh, editorial. Holding one of those uh, holding one of those Atari joysticks in your hand, you know, that that is just pure nostalgia right there, isn't it? You now, want to throw them now, out the window within two minutes, but yeah, it's nostalgia. Now stay, say what you just said, but slowly and close to the microphone. <laughs> Holding one of those Atari joysticks in your hand <laughs> is pure nostalgia. Perfect. I am perfect. available for adverts if required. <laughs> very reasonable fees. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. Uh, gentlemen, are you ready for a game show? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I have one ready here for you. And this game show, let me see if I get my stuff ready here, is called Two Years Apart. All right. I got the music live this time. Feels Ooh. different. Feels different. Check you out. So this game show, Tim and Eric, was created with y'all in mind because... it's it Really, it's created with the show in mind because... We need to start getting some higher scores on our game shows so we feel a little bit better about Pixel Gaiden and and the people involved, including my myself. So this game show is all about when things released, multiple choice questions, but I'm not going to give you one year apart options. They're all going to be two years apart. So I'm hoping those will be long enough distances that we just start getting some things right here. You're jinxing so. it. That being said, uh, this is going to be a, a bit of a pencil on paper or... I got it. All right. Oh, All on. right. Uh-oh. Tim's oh. got to get up and get it. I, I came prepared. He did come prepared. Now, I, I should appreciate... get a point for that. Well, see, you're being generous with the points. I should get 10 points because I'm prepared. Okay. Okay. I do, I, I do want to point out that we've got a new view again. This is the original view of Tim's room when we first started recording. I remember yeah. this view. I remember that window, and I remember an Amiga going out that window. No, is this a whole different? Is this a whole different view? It's all switched around. Everything now. Well, we'll go through that later. But the room is almost <laughs> empty now. <laughs> well, that that part I see. Um, but yes, yes. All right. Question number one. And again, this is multiple Question choice. Number one. And I'm, I'm going to give some flavor text to these as well. <clears throat> the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was one of the first most successful video game consoles of all time. When did the Atari 2600 release in Japan? In Japan? 1977. Okay. 1979, 1981, or 1983. You'll notice that all these years are two years apart. Can you repeat the answers again? 1977, 1979, 1981, or 1983? Yes, I need Tim. I need you to keep track. So that was 3,789 points for both of you. So if you could keep this score, you might need a calculator once we get further along. Uh, So, yes, fun fact it released in 77 in America. It took six years 
to make its way to Japan. And this is the best part about it. Released on the exact same day as the Nintendo Famicom. No, so imagine really the 2600 20, <laughs> 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 wonder how well it did there now the other thing i will point out is it was kind of a trick question because uh in japan there was no 2600 it was called the 2800 in japan oh. the atari 2800 but it or vcs which is what everyone else calls it. anyways yeah fun facts all right question number two everyone's tied at 3789 points right now question number two when did oh you know, i'm gonna get my flavor text We've had some failed console launches in the last so many years, modern history here, including uh, one of our favorite uh, things to talk about, of course, being the Intellivision Amico. Mm -hmm. But before that failed attempt, there's another infamous failed attempt called the Coleco Chameleon, which before that was called the Retro VGS. When did the retro VGS go live on Indiegogo for its, I was going to say kickstart campaigns, but for its crowdfunding campaign 2015, 2017 or 2019? Can you repeat that? Can you, can you repeat that again? The, the dates? 2015, 2017 or 2019? Uh, let me write this down. And while you do that, I'm going to pull out a calculator because I am going to have trouble calculating these points because I am sticking to it. 307,789. 3, 3789. All right. All right. That's what All right. We, we, need, we need some answers here. Eric, do you have your answer? I want to see it. I'm ready. I don't care. <laughs> I, I haven't guessed. Can you repeat them one more time? Oh my goodness! Pick a number: 2015, 2017, 15, 2019. 2017 okay. or 19. 15, 17, I, or 19. I'm ready. I'm ready. And it is. Eric went with 2015. 2015. Tim went with 2017. Tim, you are wrong, my friend. The Indiegogo campaign launched in 2015, making. And I am man enough to uh, admit that I backed it on the day it released and pulled my money back out about five days later and got it back. So that's good. (laughs) The boomerang money. Excellent. Boomerang money. So, Eric, you are at 7,578 points. (laughs) Tim, you are stuck in a distant second at only 3,789 points. I've doubled your points, dude. Doubled them. Quick math there, Eric. Impressive. Thank you. Uh, Common video game lore will tell you that a certain country, in fact, you guys might answer this. This is not for points, but a certain country decided to hold on to the Sega Master System way past its shelf date for the rest of the world. Brazil! Brasilia. So my question to you, gentlemen, was when was the last commercially released game released for the Sega Master System in Brazil? Was it? In Brazil? Yes. Was I not clear with the Brazil? Was it 1994, 1996, 1998, or the year 2000? 
I'm ready. The year 2000. Did you guys get Conan Did you get Conan O'Brien over there in uh, in England, Tim? Is it what? Who? Conan, I guess that's a no. Uh, 1994. Conan O'Brien. Yes, yes. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, I've I've heard of him. He's some comedian dude, didn't he? Yeah, something like that. 94, 96, 98, or 2000. What was the last... Well, I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> 1994, 1996, 1998, or the year 2000. I want to say... I'm going to say... Okay, I'm ready. All right, writing. Tim, you go first on this one. Tim says, in the year 2000. Well, I Eric said 98. says, 1998. And Eric, you are... Correct, my friend. It was what? 1998, which makes me so sad. Um, yeah, it was Mickey's Ultimate Challenge, released in 1998 for the Sega Master System in Brazil. So, Eric, my friend. How am I doing so well? I always suck at these. <laughs> because it's two years apart. Okay. So, Eric, you are at 11,367 points. And Tim, you were at that first number I said. <laughs> 3,789. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Times three equals Eric's score. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tim, Tim does the maths. All right. Question number four. Fred Savage's best movie of all time clearly was The Wizard. What year did The Wizard come out in theaters? Was it 1987, 1989, or 1991. I'm going to say this. You should say okay. this. And now that I think about it, this might be the same as this was the year I graduated from high school. Look at that. Was it the year? Oh, Tim with, with 1991. Tim, yep. I, <laughs> I apologize. Eric, you are correct in 1989. That's the year I graduated. I remember when the movie came out. Booyah. There you go. Oh, man, my calculator doesn't go this high, Eric. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> this is, I'm just... Tim, we need to let Eric have this one. This doesn't happen for him very often, okay? Exactly. Show me the kill screen. <laughs> Tim, you're at 15,156 points. <laughs> and Tim got the kill screen. All right, question number five. There is nine yep. questions all, all together, so time to come back, Tim. You, you got this. You got this. Um... Nintendo's best Game & Watch. I'm sorry. I just ruined my, my intro. Nintendo made the Game & Watch. Let's just go with that. Um, up until the most recent releases, which we've just had uh, the uh, Mario Brothers Game & Watch and the Zelda Game & Watch release in the last few years, of right. the original run of Game & Watch releases, which was the last and final Game & Watch Nintendo brought to market? Ugh. Oh, that's multiple choice. Got a 1985, <laughs> says 1985 and you guys are both incorrect i apologize 1991 this blew my mind yeah Uh, 
Now, what was interesting about it is they released all these Game & Watches. I think there's about 60 over the uh, 11-year span, starting in 1980. And the final Game & Watch was a return back to their original game called Ball. But in this one, they changed the character to Mario and called it Mario the Juggler. Huh. Their final release. Did you say they had released 60 of those? 60. Six, zero. Oh, I, I really thought they had like maybe 25, 30 of them. That's yeah, crazy. They had, there was a couple other series um, that including like their desk, stand, freestanding desk ones. And uh, there's like a, some tall ones. There's some that you wouldn't look and think that's a Game & Watch, but they were Game & Watches. Okay. Uh, but it's this an odd was name, a, but I, it was an odd name, but I guess it's better than calling it Mario's Balls. <laughs> out of all the things we almost said that was probably one of the more offensive ones and we said it so bazinga there we go or should i say perfect oh it's back tim all it's right back. all right so does that wait did eric get that one wait, who, no one got that one so no points I don't nobody got that. it nobody got it all right here's my setup for this one call of duty is a game it is. It's also one of the most sold first-person... Sh- it is the most sold first-person shooter series of all time. However, when was the very first Call of Duty game released? 2003, 2005, or 2007? Two God, years I'm apart. Trying to think of apart. when I worked back at Prima, I remember that there was a bunch of hype about that game, but I don't remember the year that was. Okay, I'm ready. I got it. All right. I mean, I have a guess. Show me those numbers. We've got a 2003, and Tim's says 2003. No, 2005. That's right. <laughs> did I did I read that number correctly? Yeah. And Tim, you should have gone with your first instinct because it was indeed 2003, Eric. Yay! Hey! All right. Plus 3,789. 18,945 points for Eric. Nice. This is the difference coffee makes for me, like <laughs> like this late at night. Well, Eric, uh, you've had a, a head start on coffee. Tim's only been drinking it for like 23 minutes. Exactly. I've had it all day. I've had like five of them all day through the day. All right, gentlemen. All right. A unanimous decision from everybody here says the TAC-2 is the best joystick ever made. True. What? Oh, oh! I thought you liked the zip stick, Tim. I was trying to poke fun I, at you. No, the TAC-2. The, the TAC-2 is amazing. I I need to get one. I need to I need to experience it myself. I never be- keep my TAC-2 more than three feet away from me. See this? There you go. Pulled it out of Bam. thin air, and Tim keeps it about four feet away, apparently, because he had to sit yeah. up. But he has his as well. Mine's always yeah. within arm's reach. Nice. Simple question. When was it released? 1980, 1982, 1984, or 1986? Oh, jeez. Guys, it's only two years apart. Can you repeat that one more time? <laughs> Tim, should I just make up numbers at this point? He's going to get it right. I mean, I might as well just... <laughs> 1980, okay. 1984 or 1986. All right, I'm going to totally guess on this one. I have no idea. Hey, oh, he's looking at look the bottom. That. Oh, that's good. He goes, he's already wrote his number down. All it's right. not on there, but I always wrote <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you cheat. It really don't. 
Ooh, we've got a 1980 and a 1982. My sources tell me it's 1984, actually. Really? Ah, oh, I, I whiffed it. I whiffed. Swing and a miss. A swing and a whiff. All right, here's the big one. Here's the big one, guys. And I okay. expect you guys both to get this one. Apple made an amazing console called the Apple Pippin. Yes. Uh, it was based on Mac OS and came with a controller. Did it come out in 1994, 1996, or 1998? Can you repeat that one more time? <laughs> Seriously. 2001, 2003, come on. or two, 1994, come on. 1996, or 1998? The Apple Pippin, named after Pippi Longstockings. this isn't right oh well i'm gonna go with it i'm ready all right let's see them numbers we've got a 1996 and a 1996 gentlemen those are two correct answers although tim you're gonna get a free one point because you were super confident about yours yes he was (laughs) and i'm the judge so i gotta pick that so let's see here three seven eight nine and this time i'm gonna pay attention when you say the dates Three, seven, ninety. So Tim, you're at seven thousand five hundred and seventy-nine points, whereas Eric, um, uh, I, I did a double negative. Eric's got. I some messed points. Eric's up. It's like twenty-two thousand <laughs> seven hundred and thirty-four, something like that. Can you Final repeat question. mine one more time? My score, one more time. No, twenty-two thousand seven hundred and thirty-four. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I literally I'm have ready. two calculators up on my screen. I'm going right. to hold my thing up here so that I, you can see that I'm paying close attention to what you're saying. I'm ready. Final question worth whatever it takes for Tim to catch up. I'm ready. <laughs> and this is a Tim-centric question. Oh, oh, great. In what year did Amstrad buy the company known as Sinclair? 1984. 1986, 1988, or 1990? Ooh. I'm going to say that. Ready? I'm ready. Eric's got 1986, Look at the there brain on, on Eric. One. There we go. That's Eric's game show. brain. <laughs> Is that a new segment? Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right. Shall we Thank catch you, up? Cody? Yeah, fun game. Cool. And, and there's, per- it, I was right. We got higher scores that time. Yeah, we did. Usually we only get like two or three right. This time we got like 22,000 something right. Go I'm gonna Biden. my next game. I'm gonna make a game where we have to run around our game rooms and <laughs> grab things and like look read off the bottom of them. You can use any resources that. you want for 30 seconds to answer this next question. That'd That's be hilarious. Great. Like I see Tim like throwing things like out of his <laughs> like like tossing things left and right. And yeah, but if if we're gonna do that, we're gonna have to actually record that one, aren't we? Yeah, that's true. That's it hilarious. needs to be a video. 
That's hilarious. Unfortunately, Tim's room's all clean now. It would have been better if it was as cluttered with various video game gadgets as it was before. But oh man! So that being said, we did get a uh, a fun email from a, a Patreon listener. Actually, uh, no, it's from uh, well, Amy West, Jerry, Jerry, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and he had a fun idea for a game show we might have to try to implement soon. Our listeners okay. have an idea for a game show, and we give the people what they want. Right. As long as at it's all, not a strip all, game. At I'm, all, at all I'm costs, okay with it. regardless people of our power. own. <laughs> Let's catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. Tim, by the way, wearing a Cartoon Network t-shirt and drinking from a mug that matches the blue color of the shirt I just mentioned. Look at that. Does it yeah. blend in? If it I does. You off, look. Does it blend in? It's like a green screen. It disappeared. <clears throat> oh, look. It's there. It's <laughs> not. It's there. It's not. Anyway, that's, that's very visual. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Tim's got a hilarious visual gag going that... Uh, Yay. You just have to trust me on this one here. Uh, Tim, so you got the first item here. It looks like you received something finally. Did I? You I did. What did I receive? I can't, it's like a whole spectrum of cool looking opportunities. I can't see it. Are you sharing? I, I do. I, <laughs> I'm trying to hint <laughs> at you until I get it up, but it's a it's it's very zeddy and exy, and it's I'm a spectrum joking. of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got my ZX Spectrum next. There it is. <laughs> it sounds so weird. So how are you liking it? It's it's um it's just incredible, isn't it? It is just the best, the best. Ooh, I I like that. I can't understand how they made this thing so good. (laughs) It It, really is. It's quality. It's absolute quality. Um, and it not that i didn't have a lot of love for the spectrum in the first place but it's kind of reignited that spectrum spark um it is really really good and the 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 implementation on the menus and uh, just kind of just getting around the whole thing it's just really nice um it's so easy to select between the different um video modes so you can plug in your hdmi plug in vga uh go through the rgb cable i spec what have you got cody have you just got the hdmi on yours have you um i'll have to look yeah because they made some modifications to the second release <laughs> correct yeah <laughs> that so, is correct that was so, a question <laughs> so we got um hdmi vga and rgb i've got the rgb cable so i've got all three different ways oh uh, i didn't know there was three that's interesting yep yeah, because the VGA port um, or the HD port, whatever you want to call it, um, doubles. So it can, you can either go through VGA or you can go through RGB. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I was going to grab it, but I just realized it's in my bedroom. So yes. I'm nowhere near my bedroom moved, at the moment. You moved it out, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've only used yeah, it so, via HDMI so far, so hmm. that doesn't benefit the, me too um, much. But. I think... I think it looks really good through the VGA connector. That's probably the best 
really uh, quality yeah yeah i think so looks looks really good especially if you've got an old school crt like i have an old school crt vga and that's cool to be able to hook it up on that yeah yeah it looks really really good um and i think someone else might be getting theirs very very soon Yes, mine is. I finally got the notice that mine is on its way, but it's supposed to be Monday. And as we're recording, it is uh, Thursday here. So I still got a ways to wait, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I totally forgot that it had a VGA output. That means because I have a VGA to SCART converter that goes to my Sony PVM. That would be pretty sweet. There we go. So, what have you been using it for, Tim? Um, to be honest with you, I have actually played very little Next games so far. <laughs> um, I've been looking around for some physical releases, but there's there's just nothing available at the moment. I don't understand it. Literally, right. if there's all the um, rusty pixel stuff. It's not in stock. Um, so I can't, those can't are, get those myself are the best a copy games. of Baggers in Space. <laughs> yes. Can't get myself a copy of Warhawk. Uh, can't get myself a copy of, what was the other one? Um, uh, Tyvarian? Tarivarian. I you know, I can get downloads, but I want the physical release, man. That's why I bought this thing. I want I want some more physical games. Come on, let's let's go. Now the Kickstarter 2 is done. Let's let's you know, there's a community out there. We want to buy some stuff. We have some money now. We've <laughs> we've had chance to save up again <laughs> from all that time that we've waited for the next. So, come on. Let's 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 go with some uh physical releases, please. Get them get them out there now um so you've been so, playing some classics have you played sanction yet no <laughs> i mean it, it's it's not a great game at the end of the day anyway but, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a name um but yeah the the spectrum version is even worse than the commodore 64 version so no i have definitely <laughs> not been playing that um i've i've played um I, the first thing i did because it was so close to christmas when i got it it was literally like three or four days so the first thing i did opened it up and i went back to because it was literally 30 years to the day that i actually got it um uh, my original spectrum yeah to the day so really what I did yeah 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 because wow. I, I got it was um christmas 1983 that i got my original 48k rubber k rubber key wonder um and so what i did is i got this one out and i hooked it all up and i've actually done videos of it and everything i've i've meant to put a um a youtube video out of it and i haven't done it yet um but it's me setting it all up going through unboxing it setting it all up and then um loading up uh the two v- games that i got i've got them here physical so i loaded up uh, cool. cookie by ultimate and galaxians <laughs> I was actually just going to mention Cookie because you were talking about your name, uh, your you know your handle, right? Sanction, and uh, I'm like, why didn't you go with a, a really good game like Cookie? <laughs> you could have been Cookie, or you could have been Splat. Been cookie. Hey, Cookie, Splat. Yes, there was actually a game called Splat. But yeah, it was by Incentive Software. Yeah, Splat, Splat. <laughs> have you tried so, like yes. the, the speed up modes or anything or what? Um, I've I've tried a couple, but. Yeah, I've no, I've 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 just been using it pretty much as a spectrum. Um, and it's it's just been brilliant. I just I I can't you, I can't speak highly enough of it. It is just amazing. And you got the one Tim that has the Raspberry Pi accelerator in it. Yeah, yeah. So I, that my mine supposedly yeah. is going to have that too. So yeah, yeah. Cool. And literally, yeah. The, Same here. Within minutes of them turning up, they a load of them went on eBay. <laughs> it's just oh wow, just right crazy. Off the bat, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. People add them up there for like thousand twelve hundred pounds. No way they were going to sell for that. Well, it's no funny way. because there was already ones from the original run still up there for like four or five hundred. I mean, yeah. at this point, the market had kind of already died off. So I'm surprised that people were trying to do that still. Yeah. Yeah. And they are talking about they may do a third Kickstarter, but I don't know. Just just make them and put them up for sale. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, that was the issue, in my opinion, the last one. I, I mean, I'm sure you appreciate now all the stuff they added, but it's like you had to redesign, do all this other stuff. Like you could have just made them and put them back out. <laughs> Like, let's just reproduce them. Let's just... Anyways. Yep. Very cool. The drive for perfection continues. <laughs> there you go. Eric, um, I see yeah. here that you've been exploring your surroundings. I have been exploring the world of Tick 80. But before that, the whole reason I got into Tick 80 was that, um, remember I talked about the U console? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um which is great for playing Pico 8 on, which I love Pico 8. Um, but I found out that pre-installed on here was a thing called Tick 80. And what Tick 80 is, is um, I, don't, I, I don't think competitor is the right word. It is another framework for 8-bit style games. And it's free. Similar where, to Pico 8? Yeah, where Pico 8 isn't free and isn't open source, Tick 80 is free and is open source. Um, so since I already had it installed on there, I decided to load it up and just try it out. And it's interesting. It, the graphics in tick 80 are better. I mean, hands down, the resolution is better. The, it, the geometry of the screen is more conducive to widescreen. So like even on the U console, it fills up the whole screen. Um, the sound is great. It has the same kind of tools and stuff for building games. There, I would say there's not as many games. Um, but the ones that I played were were okay. I mean, there's a lot of good games on there, too. There's this, like, one of the games on there that is uh, touted quite a bit is this perfect port of Mario Bros., like the original arcade game. You know where you hit the stomp button or the, oh, yeah. the little yeah, thing like button the arcade, flips everybody the arcade over. Game, Mario Bros. Yeah, the arcade, arcade game, and it is like a one. I mean, it is almost like a one to one arcade port of it. It's it that looks is an amazing. Underrated arcade game, by the way. That is it is. I love game. the game. I always have. Uh, I used to have it on the Atari Fifty Two Hundred. Used to play it all the time. Um, but there's a great platformer called Eight Bit Panda that I played a lot. Uh, there's a, um, a platform game called steel, I think is the way you pronounce it. S T E L E. Um, uh, kind of looking at my notes here. Oh, there's a super meat boy D make. If you ever okay. played super meat boy and it's, it's looks fantastic and plays well. It's a great turn-based strategy game called turns of war. Um, so there's a lot of great games on there. Um, I gotta say, I still seems to me like there's more gems on Pico eight. Um, but it's something to look into if you ever want to install Tick 80. It's free. It's easy to install. Um, so that's that. I might talk about it on a future Eric's Take or something, Tick 80, like if I can find more games that I'm interested in on it. Um, but anyway, so that's that's I wanted to make people aware that there was a, a thing like Pico 8 called Tick 80. Well, the Tick 80 is also used quite a lot in the demo scene. Oh, is it really? Oh. Yep. Yep. 
Yep, there's uh, quite quite a few uh, demo competitions and all that sort of stuff using the Tick Eighty, and I think that's one of the reasons why it came about. Um, okay, is is it, they're they're producing some awesome stuff on the Tick Eighty demo wise, so you might might want to check that out. Yeah, there's a whole. I'm looking at it right here. There's a whole segment, a category called demo scene. So yeah, yep. I really need to check yep. that out. So okay. it's almost like games were a byproduct of the Tick Eighty rather than the purpose, <laughs> right. right? Where it's kind of like Pico Eight was almost the other way around. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't talked about anything we might have gotten for Christmas. So I'm going to go ahead and talk yeah. about some video game related things I got. Now, first of all, uh, I think I mentioned this in the December episode uh, ahead of time, right after, you know, on Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving, I decided to order a lot of my own presents that I gave to my wife to give back to me for Christmas. So most of those were board game related. Okay. So... That being said, one of the things I knew I was going to get because I bought it for myself was a Nintendo Switch game. And it's that, um, uh, what's it called? The, the Rabbids Sparks of Hope. The, the yeah, second, yeah, yeah. The second Rabbids game, the tactical turn-based strategy game. And I remember when that, that new game came out, it was only like a year ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. October 20th, 2022, initial release date. And I loved the first one, but the second one came out. And of course, they were going to sell it for Forty nine ninety nine full price, and I'm like, you know what? This is an Ubisoft game based on a Mario license rather than a Nintendo first party game. The, I know these things actually do drop in price, unlike the Nintendo games. And sure enough, Black Friday, fourteen ninety nine for a physical copy of Mario Rabbids. So I bought that thing. So oh I got wow, that. that's cheap. I haven't uh, opened it or plugged it in yet because I've been doing other stuff, uh, but I'm expecting to do that very soon. Love love the first one. I'm sure I'll love the second one. Yeah. So I can't remember, Tim. I know, I know, Eric, you've played these. Have you played any of these games, Tim? Not at all. No. They're first great. Yeah. The first one, I got very close to beating it. I, I, I think I played 75% of it, 80%. See, that wouldn't sit well with me. I have to, I have to, if I'm going to get that far, I'm going to finish the darn thing. I think I, I reached a plateau where I got to a level I just couldn't beat without cheating or, or looking online and I just moved on to something else. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now it, it's, 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 good stuff the, and of course i pulled up a video so tim could follow along but the videos the trailers they have for these games don't show any gameplay they just show like cutscenes, which doesn't help explain cut anything yeah it doesn't doesn't help at all does it no nope. <laughs> drives me nuts that yeah. being said the second thing that i picked up or was gifted tim you've got, got one of these i have yes this is the Why, Sega Genesis on. Mini 2. All right, Tim's disappearing in the distance to grab his again. There's mine. There Sega it is. Drive 2. <laughs> see how look at the box looks so different. But I'm sure they're both... Yeah, it looks different, but it's exactly the same size and exactly the same thing inside. Except your buttons are red. It says Genesis. Oh, yeah. The American buttons were not red. No. Oh, so there you, you go. the six button with that? Yeah, you have got yep, the six buttons. Six yeah. buttons. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, cool. there it is. And it is uh, it is the smallest darn thing. It's just the cutest little thing. They are. So diddy. And I <laughs> remember I did a, did a video on that on YouTube. So if anyone's curious, check out our um, Pixel Guide and YouTube channel. And I did a video all about the Mega Drive slash Genesis 2 Mini. And of course, that one was cool because it had different games, including a bunch of Sega CD games. Yes. So, which is something I haven't delved into. So, I really haven't played most Sega CD games. In fact, to this day, I think I've only actually played 
Sonic CD because I played it a, a remastered version on my PlayStation. So, well, you've you've got the joys of um, Sewer Shark and Night Trap to come then. Yes, there we go. There we go. I've oh, only man, heard great so. things about those games. And then here's the the other item. If you didn't oh. hear me clicking away on it earlier. I saw, I saw that up on the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, your, on, your, on your boxes on the shelf. I thought, oh, well, that, that, that looks oh, Wow. Nice. <laughs> looked way behind me up on the shelf. But yeah, no, I got the 8-bit dough retro keyboard. And it nice. is mechanical and clicky and amazing. And of course, this is the one that comes with uh, these gigantic buttons. Buttons. Yeah. <laughs> which... I still haven't programmed. You have to install software, which I've installed, but I haven't gone further than that. But you can set them up to do macros and things. I was hoping actually to do it for the show so I could hit like on the game show, right? Yeah. Make a buzz. But then you'd hear this in the background. (laughs) It's not the quietest (laughs) button in the world. So that's primarily what I I got for Christmas. Um, And if you guys wanted to rattle off any of yours that you weren't already about to talk about later or not, but maybe there is none. I got nothing for Christmas game related. What about you, Tim? What's that sound? Uh, What did I do? (laughs) I can't. Uh, Obviously, the ZX Spectrum next, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. It's. I think I've put it in in the notes anyway. So okay, perfect. um, We'll get to it then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I do want to take a quick break though, because Eric, I am bone dry. Yes, let's do it. I, I am too. Yeah. It is time for us to grab the second beer of the episode. Now, I have high one, hopes. This one is a beer I have not had on the show yet. And it is one I found at uh, the Holiday Market, which, of course, <laughs> both Tim and Eric have been to at this point with me. The good old Holiday Market down the street. Yes. And it is called Ramble On. And it's got this really cool Western bison thing going on here. Yeah, it's uh, from Ramble West Brewing Company, and it is a Pioneer Haze, hazy IPA, and this is canned in Chico, California. So, same place as Sierra Nevada. A lot of people know Sierra Nevada. I think that's kind of worldwide at this point. So, from the same city comes Pioneer Haze, eight cool. percent by volume. So, this should do the trick. What are you yeah. working on there, uh, Eric? I am drinking a beer called Get Busy Living Red Ale by Hermosa Brewing Company out of Torrance or Hermosa Beach. Yep, south uh Southern California there. So it is a red ale that uh so I'm have high hopes on this cuz my last that last one was a turd. <laughs> so I'm ready for this. <laughs> Speaking so of- what what were you holding up there, Tim? Yeah. I have a beer. Are you joining actually, us? I am. I am off Love work it. today. So I, <laughs> I picked this up. Da- Danica has just started another new uh, extracurricular thing. She's doing trampolining. Proper, nice. proper oh, cool. big, massive, great big trampolines and all Very that cool. stuff. So she's just started that. In the town that we drive to, which is about sort of like 20 miles away, there's one of our more upscale uh, supermarkets, as we call them, called Waitrose. Now, the good thing with that is that they often have some weird and wacky beers in there. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, right, uh, I was. she was ha- quite happily trampolining away. Uh, Donna was there, my wife. So it's safe for me to uh, uh, kind of like uh, 
sneak away for sort of like 10 minutes and pop down to the supermarket and i had a look around and i thought this is going to be perfect for the show so this is a northern monk beer it's a pale ale but it's actually apple strudel with custard pale oh, ale geez. <laughs> <laughs> this can go really well or really horribly. Really bad. <laughs> the good news so is for I'm... since Tim Tom and breakfast, it's, say, it, yeah, it, a... it's more yeah, aligned yeah. with a breakfast uh, <laughs> beer, so that's good. Breakfast of champions. So it's, so it's inspired pale ale with the classic flavors of uh, lightly spiced apple and vanilla custard. Uh, this is 4.5% in volume, um, and that's basically all they say about it. We'll let um, you be the judge is... of how lightly spiced it is. So, Cody, can you repeat yours? Because I need to update our beer spreadsheet. What's the name of it? Pioneer Haze. Pioneer Haze. And what brewery is that? That is from uh, Ramble West Brewing. Ramble West Brewing. Okay. And uh, we're going to rate this out of 376, right? Out of 376 kilometers per squared, or kilometers squared. Tim, you'll have to just listen to the show. <laughs> Do you want my beer in there as well, Eric? I, I put it in there. Northern Monk Beer Apple Strudel with Custard. Yes. Gotcha. I know you're going to rate it with us. Yes, indeed. All right. Oh, wow, this is really light. Wow. Tim, I can smell oh, yeah, the I'm apple really... through the yeah. computer. There actually is an apple smell I'm smelling right now, but I think it's something stuck to the side of this can. Smell like, <laughs> smell, smells more like uh, cider than apple cider than beer. All right. Well, wow. cheers, cheers gentlemen. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Is it weird that one of these days I want to record in the morning so I can have a breakfast beer? No, not <laughs> Is that at all. Weird? I say we record again tomorrow morning, Eric. Just, just, just because. <laughs> straight away, straight yeah. away, you get the vanilla straight away okay that's then not bad you get that v- vanilla tones and then you, then get, you the get kind of like a bit of apple <laughs> no 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 this is this is definitely not you get the apple and then you get kind of like the custard aftertaste it's it's just right. it's, it's this is a willy wonka beer is it, this is. Is it lovely <laughs> it is it's the best. I, 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 and it's and it's actually got a beer beer taste as well it's not just beverage tasting the best part of Tim's review, the listeners can't see, and it's him moving his hand when he describes each flavor. Your hand moved in a different way for each flavor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Really good. I'm going um, to try right. all of this. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so here's this can. I don't think I showed you the can here. Get Busy Living. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's quite red, red and white. It actually looks almost Japanese. And all three of these are tall boys, aren't they? They are. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't do it any other way. That's right. Exactly. Well, mine is good. It is a hazy, but it's not like super hazy. You can tell okay. it tastes like it has a high alcohol content. And it does. It's 8%. So this is going to be a, this is going to be one here. But um, it's good. It's It's got that hazy sweetness without being cloying. Um. I maybe because Tim keeps talking about his apple beer, I'm getting some sort of like a fruitiness, a fruitiness. A, 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 I'm not. I want to say citrus, but no, the apple zest, right? Almost like apple zest, but with a straight up acid. <laughs> apple zest and baking spices. 
Hmm. It's good. It's good. God. Out of, God, out of 376 God. kilometers squared, I'm going to give this one 302. 302. I'm putting a plug in it in. Okay. Tim, you want to, you ready to rate yours yet? Yep. Uh, I'm what are you gonna doing? Go, well, I'm going to go 324. Wow. I like this. Ooh. I like this. This is good. Interesting. Hopefully Goodness. they don't go out of business before we can try it when we come over. Yep. Because that seems to be a thing we do. Force breweries to go out of business <laughs> by talking <laughs> about them on air. Okay. So what was that? You said 342, right? No, three. 324, I think it was. 320. Okay. Yeah, let's go 324. Okay. And then I'm going to give mine a good... I like it a lot. Although it's definitely more um, sweeter than I would want in a red ale. It has a lot of caramelly and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and toffee notes, but it's almost a little too much of the toffee, too, a little too sweet. And it's a little thin tasting where a red ale, I like a little meat on the bones. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a 301. 301. Okay. There we go. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, while we enjoy these beers, I need to point out, Tim, once again, how clean and tidy your room looks because you've gotten rid of <laughs> so many machines and things. So how can this next catching up topic be true? <laughs> Well, it, it, there there is a story behind this. Of course, so, of course. This is this is another pickup story, another Tim pickup story. We seem to have one almost every uh, every show, but um, yeah. Uh, I was I am a member of Mastodon as well as Eric. Um, there was a person uh, that I uh, I don't don't know them, but I kind of followed them on there. Um, they generated a. Uh, a website which shows you kind of like energy usage in the in the UK so and it breaks down the t- different types of energy so like um solar wind that that sort of stuff they've generated this site so i'm i'm interested in that sort of stuff so i've i've been looking at that website quite a bit um and they just put up a random toot as it is on mastodon toot. that they were toot. yeah they they're giving away an Amiga 1200. What? Just cause? And I'm like, okay. And they just put this picture of, um, the Amiga on there. And I, I like, I think it must've been, the message was up there for about an hour. And I just said, well, yeah, if you're giving it Can away, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. So, um, I, I didn't hear anything back. Um, and then this was, I think this was like Christmas Eve or something like that. They put the message up. Um, and then a couple of days after Christmas, I get a message back from this person. And they said, um, the person that I originally offered to uh, can't come and collect it. Um, if you want it, it's yours. So wow. Said, okay. How far did you drive, Tim? <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I, I said, Yep, that's absolutely fine. I'll take it. And I said, what I'll do as well is I will give um, some money to a charity of your choice because I can't just take this from you for nothing. So 
if you want something for it, you're more than welcome to. But they said, no, no, I'm into uh, decluttering and all this sort of stuff. So fine. Um, so I, I uh, went and picked it up. Um, it was in a, in a place called Torquay, which is kind of like the equivalent of the English Riviera. Um, okay. So it's, it's a coastal, coastal town. Um, it's around about an hour and 10 minutes drive from me. Uh, so okay. I drove down there, That's um, not terrible. picked it up, um, said hi, and it, it, here it is, and thank you very much, and all that sort of stuff, and then drove straight back. The weather was awful. It was oh, absolutely no. – um, uh, I had to stop myself there – uh, heaving down with rain <laughs> um really wi- really windy this was in the days in between sort of like um christmas and new year that sort of thing so um yeah i picked it up but anyway so here it is traditional for me go off camera yep oh it's in the box and everything oh wow it's like in a very nice box absolutely complete in the box the power supply, the all the. Well, I'll try and open it up. It's got a big yellow box here, all kinds of cartoonery on the front. It says "Desktop Dynamite," which I'm sure was kind of one of the popular packages back then. It was, yeah. It was one. It's the original Commodore pack. So, then if you guys can see it there, yeah. So Man, that this kind of stuff never happens over here. <laughs> That's cool. It's it's a bit yellowed. Um, yeah, it is one of the original Commodore ones because the 1200 I've got is the SCOM one. Right. Um, so it was a little bit different and had the um, uh, the little interface going between the three and a half inch disk drive uh, because they didn't use like the proper Commodore drives as they did before. Um, so they used a little interface to cheat it. Um, so this one is going to stay with me um, and I'm probably going to recase it because it is quite yellowed. Um, so I'm probably going to look for another case for it and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. See, I have uh, to point out, we, we always talk about this and I know Doug always fights us fervently on Amigas. Uh, but I think this goes to show. When we talk about cool video game magazines and things in England, they're like games and there's all kinds of cool stuff. And over here, everything was utilitarian. It was like, here's a computer. So we're going to talk about productivity software, right? Even your box right there, desktop madness or whatever. There's cartoons blowing up. It's bright yellow. There's all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, on the oh, you can't see it from here, but mine's back there. It's a gigantic box. It is gray with like a green stripe on it, it says... You can do word processing. You can do yep. image editing. You can do... And it's the most boring thing in the world. I don't understand yeah, yeah. why we couldn't get this exciting, like... Commodore did it very often. They always did a bundle. So they, they did lots of different bundle packs. So like the, the Amiga Batman 500... Pack. Batman pack. They did the Flight of Fantasy pack. Um, they did the Cartoon Classics, which was the A500 Plus pack. Um, and then they did the CD32 pack, which, are, which is over there, which is the Spectacular Voyage. So that's got a nice cover around the CD32 box. And the 1200 one that I've got, um, oh, co- Comic Classics or something like that. Um, yeah, so there, there's 
there's so many different boxes that Commodore did, which was just an outer box over the original box, if you see what I mean. But they just did yeah. a bundle, so it came with some games. There's some games some in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Well, you lucky duck. So, yeah. That's I was, awesome. I was very lucky. And That's uh, awesome. like I say, I did, I did follow through with my promise. I did donate to the charity of their choice. Um, and I put, I put a nice sum of money in there. Did you test it? Oh, yeah. So uh, it's 100%, man. It's, wow. It's, oh, and, did you get the battery and, out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the 1200 doesn't have that. Um, and it came with an eight, um, eight megabyte expansion and a coprocessor in the oh. trap at the bottom. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> little adder in there. Amazing. Yep, yep. I was well, well happy. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I didn't intend to go again this, this quickly because I don't have a ton of catching up this month, but it's up to me again. And um, I, I mentioned it last episode, Eric. I love me some Far Cry, and I finished oh, Far Cry too. 5, and I'm like, I got to try another one, right? So I decided to go ahead because it was on super sale for like $6. And okay. I downloaded uh, Far Cry New Dawn. Yes. Which, which is uh, kind of the extra game that they attached based on Far Cry 5. Yep. So we're still in Montana, except everything's like bright pink and neon green. It's kind of a weird yeah. aesthetic. And there's a whole new story. And even though I do recognize some of the locations, it feels like a whole different game. And I was expecting it to be a lot shorter game because, you know, this game came out, I think full price games are 60 bucks. And this one, was, it came out at 30. And now you can get it for a fraction of that. And so, um, I've, I mean, I've already put like a good 30-something hours into it, and I haven't quite finished it yet. I think I'm very close to the end. Um, unlocked most things, and I, it looks like the next uh, story mission is the final one. But Nice. I mean, it's a, it's a full-length game. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. I, it's definitely I, not I, I grabbed as, it, too. Oh, did you really? Okay. I grabbed it a long time ago, and I, I played most... I, I did not beat that one, but I came very close again. I keep saying that, but yeah. yeah I, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Yep. I need to get there. What they, what they do in this particular one, it, it is more linear. Um, they do close off a lot of the map, but uh, it still feels like a full-length game. And they do this thing where um, you can go wherever you want, but you do hit missions and things where... It, it, you do have to pick up cer- certain equipment to beat beat the you know the challenges and stuff. You know, if you don't have a strong enough gun, you're not going to have any chance. Which really wasn't the case in, in the standard full length Far Cry's. I don't think, and I think it's a way to kind of make them longer. Right, but it never feels wrong. It, it was it's fun, but I'm at a point now, yeah, where I think I'm at the final boss, and I'm probably going to have to spend some time running around the map and leveling things up to get the best guns and everything to actually take on the final mission but uh i'm right there i just need to push over the finish line but good stuff good stuff and the next question is after this one do i go to far cry primal or do i go to far cry 6 that is the question i need to finish primal's, far cry 6 primal's one of the older ones isn't it it's one of the it, older ones and there's it, no guns it's I, all like you know you're like a cave weapons. person yeah, yeah. See, but it's funny because my favorite thing in Far Cry is using a bow and arrow to sneak around and take people out without triggering any alarms. That's my favorite part. So yeah. I love it. And hunting like bison with a with an arrow. Yeah. 
So you might love Primal. I, I yeah. didn't. I, I, do, I didn't quite enjoy because I do love the guns in Far Cry. I love getting Man. different guns, and I love guns, 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 explosives, and grenade launchers, and I love all no, that no. stuff. It's a bazooka. It's a bazooka. Exactly. We've got to bring that back. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I've been. I've been thinking about going back to Far Cry 6, though. I, I want to beat it. I want to keep my trend of beating all the mainline, the mainline Far Cries. You need to I get have. your fix. Eric, you need to get your fix. Exactly. I, I, of- I was going to say, I was going to say that you bazookaed your Neo Geo. Did you fix it? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We both had a perfect segue. All right. So I want you to settle in, my friends. Oh, settling. My story. settling. Lighting some incense. Beer. Getting ready. Listen to my story. <laughs> One day, I went to go boot up my Neo Geo to play a game for the show, and I saw some garbage on the screen. And something about the date and time and battery and stuff, and then it just died. And when I say died, no lights were on on my Neo Geo. And I should mention, this is my Neo Geo that I got from a local um, game store. It is a Neo Geo um, MVS motherboard that I consoleized. So I put it, you know, I built it into a little console um, and plugs into my PVM and I can play all the Neo Geo games and it's fantastic and I love it. Super. But, yep, but, so... It garbage on the screen and then it's dead. And I was really bummed out. So I I played the game another way and I kind of shelved that because I didn't have time to really work on it. And then one day I pulled it out and I was like, okay, I'm going to troubleshoot this. And so this is a story about going down really bad diagnostic paths with trying to figure out what's wrong with the machine. So First of all, taking back apart this machine, I had to deconsolize it, which is a pain in the butt. There's like 10,000 screws and... Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I took it all apart and I started diagnosing it and no lights on it. First thing I did was I tested the power supply. So I got my voltmeter out, tested power supply, and it tested just fine. Um. I then went on the motherboard and started testing different locations with the power thing plugged in and I wasn't getting juice anywhere on the motherboard. So I'm like, what is going on? And so because the last message I got on the screen was about a battery, like the CMOS battery and all this, I thought, okay. And I looked and sure enough, the battery on there, which I had replaced when I first got it was loose, like a sold, like a cold solder joint. So I was like, okay, I found it. Done. Yeah. I solved it. Unsoldered it. I bought a new battery, waited a couple days for it to come in. Soldered a new battery in. It's rock solid. Test the battery. It works. Plug it in. Doesn't work. Neo Geo still doesn't work. So now I'm really upset and I'm like, uh, I'm going to ship this off to Frank at retrorewind.ca where he will give you 10% and fix whatever you send him if you, t- if you call him first. Using code PG10 at checkout. Exactly. I was. I was ready to sign in. Exactly. Sign in first. But I was ready to throw this in the box of broken dreams and then send it off at a later date. But something I was just sitting there thinking about it. You know, thinking is not something I do often, but sometimes I'll sit and I'll think. And I thought about it and I was like, well, there's this thing that you have to plug in to these Neo Geo things called a super gun. 
And the super gun does everything. It gives you a jam. It's a JAMA connector that goes in there, but it provides the power. It provides the joystick ports. It provides the buttons to do resets and coin drops. So the super gun, I was like, well, it's not the super gun. Isn't that elaborate? There's only like a few chips on there. I mean, it, how, why could that go wrong? But sure enough, I look at there and I test it and on the super gun is dead. So that was the solution. Um, I, th- I thought at the time, so I went on online and I ordered a new one. I think it was like 40 bucks or something, for, but they, you can only get these super guns in China. So it took a while to come back. I plug it in. Bob's your uncle. Boom. Bob's right your it, uncle. It works perfectly now. So it's back up and running, but this is a, you know, a story of what not to do. Like it, it really should have been the most obvious reason it didn't work besides the power supply. Cheapest like component I, failing. Exactly. The cheapest and the thing that is the second that, you know, I, I should have noticed there were no lights, not on the super gun, not on the motherboard. And then when I plugged the power into the super gun to power the motherboard, there were no lights then and no, no, anywhere I tested didn't work. Basically I was just being stupid and I should have figured it out a lot sooner, but luckily I learned my lesson and I still don't know what happened to the super gun. Like it's so it's a very simple little card that goes in there. I don't know how that went bad or why, but that's what it was. So anyway, that's my story. Neo Geo fix. It was the super gun. So nice. That's it. All sorted. Sorted. So it, it, the whole disappointment made me really want to go current gen only. <laughs> yeah, that, that leads us okay. into Tim's. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, not very going back to What we, what we, uh, what we said earlier uh, for Christmas, kind mm. of. Um, I treated us, as in uh, my family, uh, to a PlayStation Five. Oh nice. yes, <laughs> nice. Wait. So we finally, yeah, fi- we finally got into um, the pantheon of current generation consoles. Um, it's a massive, big beast. It is yeah. huge. It huge. This thing, <laughs> it's humongous. Um, uh, Danica's been playing. She brought a. Um, uh, Nickelodeon uh, sorry I brought her a Nickelodeon brawl game so it's got like all the Nickelodeon oh, yeah. characters like, most, um, mostly yeah, because Mario, it's got yeah. Spongebob and uh, and that and yeah it, it's exactly like a Smash Bros game very very much that sort of thing and she's been having a ton of fun on that um, and I bought myself uh, the PlayStation iteration of uh, Gran Turismo so Gran Turismo 7 on the PS5 I've been playing that. Danica's also um, got herself um, going on on Gran Turismo nice. as well now. Um, so the only thing I haven't got is two controllers yet. So I've been kind of like waiting on that to get another controller. Probably um, probably won't be till sort of like March, April time because we're going through a lot of expense here because we're redecorating and mm. carpets and all. And that they're so stuff. expensive. So, they're oh, so man. expensive. <laughs> um so yeah um we'll get we'll we'll, we'll get some two-player gran turismos in this year at some stage but yeah so that that was my christmas kind of pickup really was was um uh gran turismo and 
because there's so much going on over over the over the Christmas period what we have Christmas day, boxing day, that sort of stuff. I held this one back for a while. Um, so it wasn't actually a Christmas present. We opened it up on, uh, we went over to my mum's and, uh, we, um, opened it up on new year's eve i sort of like just plonked the box down and said there you go danica <laughs> and even so though you open, bought it and you knew it exactly what it was you were still more excited to see it than she was <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't she didn't have a clue she knew that there was this box hidden away somewhere because uh, she could see it in one of the cupboards but didn't know what it was oh, that's um, funny and yeah so so I opened it up and yeah we, we set that all up and had had a good game on that on new year's eve so that was good fun very cool. Yeah. Um, so so that cut that that gave me uh-huh, a uh-huh. portal into current generation consoles. Speaking of portals, I played a game with that very very same name. Um, Eric, I know you and I have talked about Portal. We love Portal. Tim, you've played some Portal in the past, or no? I think I played the Commodore sixty four version. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. There, there that was, was a fun a, one. A, that was yeah, a great. That's good. <laughs> so Portal. So I've never played the original Portal. I've played Portal 2, which is brilliant, and it's got to be in my top something games. It, I mean, it's an experience that I probably need to go back and play. In fact, that's what I was thinking when I saw on my my current generation, Xbox, um, for sale, that they had a version of Portal called Portal Still Alive for sale for like two bucks. And to that I said, yep. And I downloaded that puppy. And apparently this version is the original Portal, but they added like a few extra you know, levels and achievements and just kind of updated uh, it. But I mean, you, it's definitely an Xbox 360 game. You can tell it's not like HD or anything. I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, jaggedy. But what a brilliant game. These games are first person puzzle games, essentially. I know we hate puzzles, but it's so funny. So funny. And the whole concept of the game is you find a gun and you can shoot uh, two different portals, a blue one and a yellow one. And no matter where you shoot it, you can walk through it and pop out the other one. And the whole goal of the game is to get to the exit. And you've got this uh, supercomputer called GLaDOS uh, making comments to you the whole time. And it's just, you have to play it to understand. It's hilarious. Um, it's like AI gone wrong with no emotion, but at the same time, super evil. Um and it's it's funny. So I, I was playing it and I just kind of looked online because I didn't just up, up until this moment, I just thought it was the original Portal. I said, I've never played the original one, um, which, of course, was a, I guess, a mod from the original Half-Life game. And uh, but it does look like they added some extra levels and some extra things to flesh it out a bit. That being said, um, I sat down and almost completed it in the night uh, two days ago. And I've got 17 of the 19 levels done in a couple hours, so it's not a long game. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but it's a whole heck of a lot of fun and definitely worth the discount price. So that's actually the end of my catching up. So you guys kind of have uh, the last five or six items here because I um, more or less focused on that. I focused on a number of other personal things, but also on playing cards. We've been playing. My family and I've been playing a lot of uh, random games. I've get, gotten into cribbage. Yeah. Played some I'm learning to play Hearts. Oh, and, uh, I used to play Hearts all the time. Yeah. And again, just excuses to play basic card games because my family <laughs> will play those with me. And of course, like I mentioned last episode, buying just a ton of different are uh, <clears throat> different decks of cards that are 
all over the place with creativity and, and price points and all kinds of things. So my collective bug is, is kicking off with playing cards. So that's, cool. that's been me. The, uh, in, my, in the early 90s, I worked at CompUSA, and I worked the late late oh, night man, shift. I forgot about in, CompUSA. <laughs> yep, I worked at CompUSA, and I worked in the late night shift doing the tech, like just fixing people's computers, but it would be so dead that we would play. There was a hearts game built into Microsoft that yeah. was a network. It was a networking game, and we would play like four-player networked hearts and it was uh, we would do that like every night. It was pretty. It was pretty funny. Watch out but, for that queen of spades. Exactly. So let's motor, right. up, motor on down to the next topic, Eric. Yeah. So I took your recommendation, Cody, because you were saying how much you liked the game Mini Motorway, and uh, I went and it was pretty cheap on Steam. So I went and grabbed it and I started playing it. And for people that don't know, Mini Motorway is a game where you're kind of the you're buildings it's a very stylized game the graphics are very cool um i really love the graphics in the game but you're building roadways and roundabouts and bridges and basically you are architecting like city planning the the roadways in a town meanwhile all these cars are driving around town and your goal is to prevent traffic jams and letting people get back and forth from work to home and et cetera, et cetera. And then as you go, that's how, that's the way your score is. Like you, as you progress, your score gets higher and higher. And there are like global rankings and your friends rankings of like how you do in many motorways. So there was about maybe three or four days where I was playing this nonstop and I was loving it. So thank you for recommending it, Cody. I was loving it. It was great. Until you then, <laughs> well, then I made the mistake. I made a mistake here. And tell me if I'm mental here. See, that's the, I got that from C. Tim. That's a UK thing. That's so mental. But anyway. You should, tell Tim, you should tell Tim what's UK. <laughs> it's mental, mental, chicken oriental. <laughs> Ooh. Um, here, so so this is this is completely me. The problem's me, and I I totally understand that. So I plateaued where like, and this happens to me in games where I I keep hitting a score and I can't get past it. So I'll go on YouTube to figure out some kind of strategy for the game, right? So I go on there and I realize the only way to get better and all those these super high scores which i'm seeing in the scoreboards okay. online scoreboards the only way to do it is you have to game the system and how wow. you game it is you have to put roads in places that aren't connected to the city you just put roads in places so that the computer won't build new buildings mm -hmm. on that real estate so that it'll build them somewhere else. So you're basically kind of break the game, forcing the computer to build buildings in different locations. Now that's part of the game, I guess, but I don't think it was intended by the no, authors. No. Once I learned that I instantly fell out of love with it. I can see that. Yeah. And so like I was loving it. And then all of a sudden I, I just saw this way that you can game it. And I was like, I'm out. And the authors of the game don't seem to care. They're like, yeah, you could do that. And that helps you. And that's the only way to really 
elevate if you're worried your about high scores. Game. See, <clears throat> I never cared about the scores. I wanted to get a score good enough to unlock the next level. And to yeah. me, the, the goal for me is is to unlock all the different levels. And at yep. that point, I win to, for me. And <laughs> I there think is not really like a game completion or anything. It's yep. And I think stuff. I need to to change the paradigm in my brain about that. But I do get obsessed when things like that happen. Yeah, I get it. It's a very it. weird thing. Like once I saw that online, I was like, oh, you, yeah. you can make this big, ugly map of roads that don't connect anywhere, but that'll force the computer to do what you want it to do. And then you can win the game or whatever. And I was like, no, nope, I'm out. Like, I, I don't want to deal with that. Anymore. Might have just ruined it, it for me, Eric. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry, but that's and, and if you go online, go on YouTube and look at strategies. Every one of them talks about building roads to nowhere so that you can yep. game the system. And I was just like, uh, I'm kind of really disappointed, but I still love the game. And I got so even for the price, getting three or four days of really great, solid gameplay out of it was yeah. totally worth it. And I love the way it looks. I love the way it plays. Um, I kind of wish they would just fix that, like that that loophole, and I would be so happy. But or create it's neither like, here nor there. Create like a, another version that you can play that's like story mode yeah. versus high score mode. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I mean, the the fix is in on that game. Speaking of fixes, Tim. <laughs> nice. Um, yes, uh, we have a family friend. Um, who has been extremely helpful in the last few months. Um, and uh, my mum said that they used to use a Commodore 64 back in the day. <laughs> um, and I said, well, I've got a ton of them just lying around. Why don't I fix one up for them? And uh, yeah, they can they can have one and use it to their heart's content. Um, so essentially, that's what I did. So I found out that there was two particular games they used to play. Ooh, I'm excited to hear what these uh, were. So, uh, well, you probably won't when you hear about it, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Hearts? <laughs> there's the, no, there was a game on the Commodore 64 which was a Mastertronic game. So it's a, a Samantha Fox's Strip Poker. <laughs> and hearts not samantha strongs <laughs> <laughs> no um this this game was uh, and this was one i remember specifically and one i played quite a bit and it had a really catchy tune on it um and this was a game called non-terracuous hmm. oh that heard one. of it no um which essentially roughly trace translate i think it's latin uh for not of earth or sea yeah. Okay. Interesting. Of the sky. Okay. Yeah. That would be the third. Um, yeah. Um, so th- they played this game a lot. And like I say, instantly I remembered that game and I could remember the tune and all that sort of thing. So that kind of had some instant nostalgia for me. And the other one was that they sat there playing this stock market game. But of course, they didn't know which one it was. So. This I, I got all the Commodore 64 all set up and ready and all this sort of stuff. And the longest thing that it took me was to actually find the correct stock market game that they used to play. <laughs> um, so what I did eventually is I kind of like narrowed it down to like four or five stock market, different stock market type games, put them all on the SD card. So I set them up with an SD to IEC because um, they all they had back in the day was just like the the 
most people did over here, which was the the C2N, the tape deck. Um, so I set them up with an SD to IEC, um, set them up with a fast load cartridge, put a load of stuff on the SD card, and then um, I basically I, I took it all over to my mum's. Um, we set it all up, and then we phoned them up and said, because they just live across the road from my mum. So uh, we phoned them up and said, oh, can you pop over for a minute? Uh, so she came over and then we had it all set up and she was just like absolutely blown away. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, cool. we loaded up um, and loaded up non-terracuous and uh, she st- stood there playing it for about 10 minutes. But she said her and her husband used to play this game for hours. She used to be the one that was actually controlling and he used to sit next to her and do all the mapping of all the levels. Oh, and nice. I said, have you still got those maps going around? She said, no, but it's um, it'll be good because we'll be able to sit there and uh, map the game together. Do it all again. over again, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I found it. it. Yeah, I found it. Up on the screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, lo- it looks really basic, but it's... Actually, you know what it looks exactly com- like, Tim? There was a game that came out not that long ago on the Spectrum. It looks exactly like it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of games with this kind of style. So it's it's oh, what it's was that game? That, that it was really screen spaceship. There's Starquake and all those sort of games. They all look very very right. similar. Starquake, um, but Starquake, yeah, does, yeah. yeah you're um, not Quasitron, but it was another yes. one like that, wasn't it? Yeah, Quasitron. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. Yep, it was. This game doesn't yes. look bad. Yep. It's it's not it's not um but it's it's quite tricky because you've got to um you've got to balance yourself between joystick and keyboard because you've got a um, I see. you've got these little swap no it wasn't Quasitron was it it was cuz Quasitron oh, is was. the is the paradroid one it's a paradroid oh, no it was, yeah, it was yeah. a modern release that but it sounded just like yeah. that quart something oh man it's yeah. gonna kill me now yeah yeah I, I haven't I haven't got all my Spectrum games up here now, so I can't can't refer to those. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I know the one that you mean. Yep. Because uh, I think I sent a copy of it to Eric. Yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, yes, it, this this is a, a fun game. But to me, it's it, the 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 game is good, but it's that music in the background. It's just I can yeah. I can hear it now. It's just so cool. But it, yeah, if if uh, if anyone's listening and they're curious, it's non terracuous by Mastertronic. You have to keep track of your psyche, apparently. Yeah, that's that's kind of your energy. Um, so there's 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 loads of levels. So you have to pick up bombs, um, take them part back to another location bomb and then carry on and uh, yeah there's there's so many s- different screens in it it takes ages to map i love that there's specific that. games like that people just remember right like yeah. that's exactly I love that. that's it's so cool the, the spot on nostalgia so yeah she really had a lump in her throat when she uh <laughs> saw the 64 there so oh, that's so really cool I'm stoked about that it's like you're reviving dead cells is <laughs> that too on the nose <laughs> <clears throat> This this is probably the game I've talked about the most on this show, Dead Cells. Modern game. Um, every few months, I go back to Dead Cells. Like, I'll stop playing it for three months, four months, six months, or whatever, but I always go back to it. And I'm ready to make a declaration here, guys. Uh-oh. Are you in love? Uh-oh. <laughs> I am in love. But this is a love where I'm ready to, like, drop to one knee and, sh- and give give it the ring. You're going to beat it. Um. I think that in the modern and modern gaming, there is no better platforming game than Dead Cells. I love it. 
High praise. High praise. I, 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 the controls feel so good. And I played this on my Steam Deck. I, I used to play this on the Switch and I bought it again on the Steam Switch. Uh, or I'm sorry, I bought it again on the Steam Deck. And the Steam Deck controls feel so good on, on Dead Cells. Um, I went back to it now and I bought all the DLC because there was a bundle for all the DLC. Yeah. And Cody, this would be, a, I think, of particular interest to you. One of the DLCs, Castlevania one, is the Castlevania one, and it's officially licensed, so yep. they can use all the names, all the graphics. So you basically are going through the Dead Cells mazes, and when you go to an exit, one of them will be the castle, and you can like go in there, and then you're going through the castle, and you're going that's cool, basically through all of the Castlevania themed levels with all the same enemies, the skeletons throwing the bones where yeah. the bones are arc, you yeah. know, um, there's another one called bad seed, which is all about like, like these, these weird gardens that you go into with plants that try to eat you. Um, I, I gotta tell you, Cody, I mean, I know that you got, I've mentioned this so many times in the show and I think maybe you tried to play this once. Or- I tried it once it was probably the first of these procedurally generated quote unquote roguelikes that are nothing to do with rogue where you die and go back to the beginning. And at first I was really enjoying the gameplay, but then I'm like, wait, as I get better, the enemies get better. So I still don't get any farther. This is BS. And that's where I stopped. But now I'm kind of, now I'm trying to get, I'm starting to get used to those kind of games to a point. And maybe I need to push past a little bit to realize what really is going on under the the covers there. You do get better because every time you restart the, the 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 loop, you know, you you die and you go back and you reanimate your body and you go back. You do definitely get better. You can keep adding skills and weapons and and all sorts of things. But the enemies when you first start out are the same. So they don't get any better. Now, you have to get back to where you died and that takes a long time. But Man, Dead Cells to me is almost my game of the last decade. Like, hands down, I think Dead Cells is my favorite game of the last decade. Modern game. Yeah. Um, I love it so much. And I bought all this DLC and I'm exploring all these new levels and new worlds, like the Castlevania one. And I cannot get enough of Dead Cells. So... I know I've told you guys before, man, if you're not playing this game, pl- try try it again because I am hooked on this. I, I play it like almost every night before I go to bed. Like, and I'll just play it till I die because you're supposed to die in this game. And you go back to the beginning, you take the dead cells that you get and you buy new skills and you apply them. And then you also collect blueprints, which turn into new weapons. And then you go, go again, you go through it again. And it's, I love this. I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm never going to get tired of it. I think it's going to be like, a, it. I, I think I have it on switch. It was one of the first switch games about. Yeah. And the, the switch one is excellent. I mean, it is just as good as anything, but yeah, dead cell. So I, I've still, I'm back in my revival, still playing it again. I'm, I, I'm loving it. Cool. Speaking of Christmas. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another thing I did on the day that I went over and picked up the Amiga is before I did all of that, I went over to a town called Dorchester. 
which is not too far away from me, probably about uh, about an hour's drive. It's not too bad. Um, and that's the town where I normally meet up with Rod from Future Was 8-Bit. And uh, that's what we did on that day because I hadn't seen him for a couple of months. Uh, so we met up. Um, we we go to uh, this uh, greasy spoon uh, yeah. cafe <laughs> uh, called The Gorge. And we gorge ourselves on fried food <laughs> Perfect. And, and talk rubbish. <laughs> so that was good fun. Uh, but that kind of like leads me into uh, before before Christmas, he sent over a box um, and he sent one out to a few few people um, which had a few bits and pieces in. But one thing that he did send me was this. Looks, he is now making <clears throat> joysticks. Looks like, a, looks like a competition <laughs> pro is what it looks like. It does look like that, doesn't it? Very gray. Like a competition pro, but it's, uh, it is really nice, proper, proper yeah. mechanism. And the button is so light to the touch. Is literally you just have to if you want to hold hold it down, you literally just have to rest your thumb on it. And I really appreciated that because that's one thing that really does give me kind of like a handache is like the the old fire button and that sort of thing. So it's literally you just have to just rest your thumb on it and it will fire. It's really really nice. This the stick action is brilliant. So these are three D printed cases. So he does it. Oh wow! All, he's done this all in house himself. Um, and he's done some with some really wacky colors that he sent off to other people. So, uh, yeah. I, I kind of like, like the color of that one. Yeah, it's nice. It's, I like that. This is, the, uh, you know, the TAC 2 is amazing. I love the TAC 2. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this is now my stick of choice because it is oh, wow. just such a nice, nice mechanism. And that, that lightweight on the on the button just is, is really good. So, yeah, there's a chance that he might actually make these. I was going to say, is he selling them now or is it 4,000 pounds? Not yet. Not yet. There'll be a 1 million pounds. Only only after you pay for shipping to the States. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I met up with Rod and um, we did that just before we move on to something else. This is, again, very visual, but. I wanted to show you guys Uh-oh. some of the some of the progress in the in the in the retro loft. So, so we're getting a tour of the room here. The new shelf. This used to be full of games. Yes. But what I've done is I've taken all the boxes, and you can see I've got my ZX Spectrum next boxed up there. So I've got all of my. All yeah, of my nice nice display of all the. Uh, yeah. Retro of those boxes, boxes. Yeah. Boxes. I'm jealous of you guys with your boxes. All my boxes are in the garage because I don't have room for them. I'm actually running out of room to put boxes too, which is something in this place. Yeah. I have to get creative. I have no room for boxes. Cool. Looks tidy. Looks like a yeah, so lot. It's a lot nicer. I've got, up there. An Atari, I've got an Atari 7800. Now, was there any of those on your recent recharge bundle? <laughs> so the reason i brought this up is the atari recharged bundle um i was inspired by cody's segments about the atari recharged games and so i just went to look at them because i was like okay i'm gonna buy a couple of these and try them out and there was a bundle on steam and i for the life of me i don't remember how much it was it wasn't cheap it was on sale though right it was on sale but it wasn't dirt cheap i mean it was like I don't know. I don't remember 60 or 70 bucks for all of them. Like a buck a game if you buy them all or something. Yeah. So I went and bought all the Atari recharged games that 
that were available at the time. And I know they keep coming out with the new ones, but I bought all the kind of ones that are out now and I've been playing them and I've been absolutely loving them. And I've been very interested in your segments, Cody, and I've been listening to them because I really am interested in what you, what you think about those. My three favorites so far are, um, asteroids. Okay. I, I actually really like asteroids. It's and, and that's just because I like asteroids. Um, Caverns of Mars. I want to get that that one. Yeah. I've heard good things. And, um, your, and yours, of course, yours, yours recharged is fantastic. I love it. But here's something that is, is nagging me. One of our Patreon subscribers. So you got recharged Cody on, um, on the switch, right? Um, I got Yars revenge on the switch and I got, my other three on my Xbox. Okay. So I don't think those scoreboards cross, cross Pro- probably platforms. Not. Probably not. So on my Steam Deck, because I bought all mine on my Steam Deck so I can play them there. And it, again, the Steam Deck is fantastic for playing these. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing these games and I'm loving them. But then I I go to the score when, when, when the game's over, it goes to the scoreboard and it shows the global scoring and I'm like ranked 500 or 600 or whatever. And that's fine. But then if you hit the tab button, it shows you your friends on steam. Yeah. And the one friend I have on steam that has all these games is Paradroid. Freaking Paradroid. And he, he, yeah, Paradroid (laughs) is one of my buddy, Dan Paradroid, which is on steam. Every single one of them, he's beaten my high score. (laughs) <laughs> Darn straight. So I am like throwing down this challenge for Paradroid. I'm coming after you. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet because I haven't had a, as much time as I want to play these games, but I am going to take those three games, Caverns of Mars, Yars Revenge, Asteroids, and I'm going to beat your high score in these. That's, like that's my the goal for the year. There you go. Resolution. New Year's resolution. Exactly. So Paradroid, I'm coming after you. <laughs> I'm going to uh, beat you on these games, but I've been loving them. So cool. they are fantastic, the, those games. I'm interested to hear what you say about, about Black Widow this month because I played that and like it's just not gelling with me. And then the Berserk, which was one of my favorite games. I love Berserk. Yeah, I've heard not not I, same thing. I couldn't, I couldn't gel with it. I was like trying. I was like, I want to love this game. It's hard to explain why some of these games work so well and other ones don't hit the same. And you're like, yeah, I can't really put a finger on it. Nope. You're exactly, exactly right. Maybe we'll have to delve into that in future episodes because I wanted to love Berserk. I wanted to love Centipede. I wanted to love these other ones. And I'm just like, eh, like some of them were okay. And some of them just aren't good. So what I've done, I kind of mentioned this in my segment this month. So listeners now yeah. have already heard this, but I've got to the point where I was trying to add a, add a fork in the road. Am I going to go left and uh, kind of stop working on these games? Because I have to buy more now at this point if I want to keep working through them. Yeah. Or do I want to take the right fork in the road, which is what I think I'm going to do, and uh, cheat a little bit? And I've gone online, looked at a few different reviewers, and I want to start from kind of the general consensus. These are the three best games that I haven't played. Yeah. And I'm going to go there. I think I'm going to go there for the next one or two and then keep running. Because, yeah, if I can find another one that's of the caliber of Yara's Revenge. And, yeah, I think uh, Asteroids is probably my second favorite. So Yeah. No, that's interesting because you and me are aligned there. And Caverns of Mars I've been having a blast with, too. 
Yeah. I've That's a lot like that. that what is that modern drop zone game? or drop drop? Yeah. The red, black and white one. Exactly. Drop, drop yeah. tower or drop something. Yeah. Where, where you have the boots that shoot bullets. Yep. Yep. Um, it's a, it's kind of like that game. So that I, I've been really, really enjoying that one. So, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to transition me right in here. So, um, <laughs> this last one, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk much about. So you threw the gauntlet down for me, Cody, you said play resident evil four. I did. So the short story is I, I had a version of RE4, just the HD version. So I started playing that and, and, and it was good. I've been, I was enjoying it or whatever, but then someone, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm blowing it because I think it was someone either on Twitter or on, on our discord was like, that was somebody on discord. I'll find out who it is and I'll add it to Orada like for next one. Wasn't it? Was it, it might've been, uh, no, I don't know if it was Paradroid or not, but anyway, they said, don't bother with that. Go get the remake. The remake is where it's at. And I was like, okay, well, the problem with the remake is the other one was like 12 bucks or something. The remake is still a lot of money. I mean, it's like 30, 40 bucks used or whatever. So I was like, okay. So I would happen to be in my local game shops and I found it, the physical copy of it back to have it right here. Got here. It is the PS4 version, which I don't use my PS4 enough. So like I was happy to get this. Found the Resident Evil 4. This is the remake. And I will tell you, it's like a whole new game. The maps are different. The graphics are different. Um, the levels are different. But everything about it is better. The controls are better. The gun's better. Firing is better. Like everything about it. You can walk and shoot. You can jump back. You can... Do so many cool things in this I versus do, I remember that. being able to do all those things. But okay. Yeah, I, dude. I, I mean, I made a little joke on Discord. Like, I was like, "Why does my character have Parkinson's disease? Because I can't hold the gun steady to save my life." And I understand that that's part of the mechanic of the game, but this one is better because you can actually aim the gun correctly. Um. I, I was having a very hard time. So. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But that's just me. What the were you playing it on? Fi- what was the first one you, you started playing it on? Well, I mean, a while back, I played it on GameCube. Okay. And then I got the HD upgrade, which is still the same game, just with better graphics. Yeah. And that I just have it on Steam. And I've had that in my library forever. Gotcha. But now I have the actual remake on PS4, and it's 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 wonderful. It is so much better. I might pick I mean, that up too because I I love that game so much, and it's one of the games. If I ever had to go back and play a game all over again, that would be it. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. So why not try well, a new version of it? I'm encouraging you get the remake because it is different. You you won't you won't be like okay, it's the same game, and I'm just going to play yeah. it through again. It's it's different and it's better in my opinion so far. So. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep cool. trying it out. So, well, yeah, anyway. you have to beat it. That was our, that was our rule. That's the deal. Yep. That's, that's the, the deal. deal. I, I'm going to stick with it. So anyway, that's the end of my, uh, catch, uh, catching up. I think it might've been Dave seven G. Okay. Dave seven G on discord. Good. Thanks. Thanks for looking that up to him. 
But yeah, and, he recommended it and I was like, dude, okay, I'm going to go find this. And I did. And I'm glad I, I'm glad I did. And if you had Dave 7G and subtracted one, you'd have six good games. Six good games! Now, Tim, I believe this was your topic. So how about you introduce... I think it was your topic. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah, yeah. you put this on the list. Six yeah. good games. Yes. It's been yep. on there for like a year. There we <laughs> go. We got there. there. Yes. <laughs> got there in the end. <clears throat> okay, so this episode of uh for this episode we're doing six good games and we are doing dyna blaster games uh not dyna blaster games there, there, there's, there's a hint <laughs> well, i screwed up Bomberman games there we go Bomberman <laughs> clones. perfect perfect yeah yeah so uh originally i kind of like said Bomberman ripoffs but really it's kind of like anything other than where it's got Bomberman in the title basically so <laughs> Take take that how you want to. Um, Should we start so, with the aforementioned me... Dino Blaster? <laughs> we, 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 can, we can do, but I've, yeah, I mean, we can we can go with that. No, so, no, no, no. Dino... Go with what you want, Tim. Okay, all right. So we'll start with. Um, if, have you still got it there? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll start with um, one that's named after one of my fellow podcasters. And it sounds, like yes, yes. it sounds like a sweet <laughs> band name, by the way. And uh, uh, the, the, whilst you were foot looking for the video there, it, um, it came up with Eric and the Loafers. <laughs> Which is appropriate. <laughs> Eric and his shoes. <laughs> but I, I'll admit, I have floaters sometimes when I eat a lot of fiber. <laughs> so, the, so yeah so this this is eric and the floaters now this came out on the uh the zx or the zx spectrum whatever you want to call it zed um, i will always say zed out of respect <laughs> um so this was released in 1984 and this is actually hudson soft so this isn't a interesting right this is by this the company is, yeah this is originally um hudson soft game um, so it is one of the first iterations of said Bomberman. But now um, you said this is 19, does this come out after Bomberman or before? This is 1984. So it was actually okay. developed, I think in 1983, but if you look on the, on the release notes, I think it's 1984. So whether it was kind okay. of like developed in 83 and then released in 84, it's kind of towards the end of 83, I guess. Um, now, the reason why this is called Eric and the Floaters and not Bomberman is uh, there's a bit of political history here in the UK. Um, I don't want to get too deep into it, but at the time we were sort of like colonial issues uh, between Northern Ireland and England. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a group going around um, basically terrorizing England, the IRA. Um, so yeah. calling it Bomberman at the time was not politically correct. So um, it got renamed to. Okay. So this would have Eric been the same. The this would have been the same game, though. This is exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. If you look at the original Bomberman compared to this, it's not that much different. Um, but obviously, it, it's it, instead of uh, monsters, you've got these uh, slightly menacing balloons that. <laughs> that chase after you that you've got to try and avoid oh no it's Um, drifting towards me (laughs) no (laughs) 
the balloon. It's going really slow. Um, but anyway, so yeah, th- this is traditional Bomberman in the sense that you're walking around a maze, you lay a bomb, um, you've got to blow up the enemies. Um, the graphics are typic- very typically Spectrum as long- along with the sound. Um, the one noticeable difference that I have with this one compared to some of the other more traditional Bomberman games is that when you blow up the enemies the level is over and you get your bonus score you don't have to find the exit oh that's nice actually (laughs) yeah the exit is still there so if you're walking around and you blow up um the brick and reveal the exit you can still take the exit but you don't get the bonus you just go off of the level essentially okay Um, so you ideally what you want to do is blow up all the all the floaters or the balloons um and um get get your bonus score so i like this element of it because one of the things that i don't particularly like about bomberman is especially when you're playing single player is the endless walking around trying to find the exit once you've once you've killed all the enemies so um i like that element of this one um there are the the similarities again so when you blow up parts of the walls um so you've got a distinction between um solid brick and kind of like loose brick walls that you can blow up you can reveal the exit you can reveal treasure um you've got a bonus that ticks down so not like a timer but essentially the longer you take to clear the levels the bonus goes down that was going to be my question is if the bonus goes to zero you can still keep going you just don't get a bonus right okay perfect i like that 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 doesn't bother me about like quasi timers in the games as long as it doesn't stop the game okay good okay okay okay. now the the one thing that I will say about this is there is some horrendous slowdown in this game. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Once you've got a couple of bombs on the screen and a couple of floaters around, when you blow one up, <laughs> it just literally slows the whole game down. Um, I will so never not that, laugh that, when you say floaters. Floater. Yeah. <laughs> floater. <laughs> floater. Floater. Um, but yeah, this is a. This, I mean, it, what can you say? It's Bomberman. It's great fun. Um, it's it's a brilliant implementation, and so unexpected on the spectrum to have this as such an early version of the game. Yeah, the, you know that's that's what Hudson Soft were doing back then, um, and it's it's you know it's great fun. That's yeah. the other thing is that there's almost no limit to the amount of bombs that you can drop on this. It's not like the original one. You've got Stop, um, start with one, have you, to earn two, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Are there exactly. are there power-ups in this game? I don't I haven't seen any yet. Uh no, there is just literally uh, an exit and a treasure. It shows you on the title screen if you if you flip the video back to the Oh, I see a coke right there. Uh, There's a coke. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, you yeah like I say, if you flip flip it back to the very beginning, it shows you on the title screen what you what the pickups are. Oh, okay. Um probably just points yeah, though. That's that's Eric and the floaters. Um it's a uh, Really what nice, I really fun, like, fun my favorite part, my favorite part is that they're the, your the dudes like your that it tells you how many men you have left. It says Eric's, Eric's. So you have three Eric's left, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna start using that. I'll be like, when I come home from work, I'll be like, sorry, baby, I only have half an Eric left. <laughs> I think like, we should um, use that with our next beer review out of eleven Eric's. Exactly, exactly. I love that. That's fantastic. Out of 11 um, Eric's and 12 floaters. 
Yeah, legitimate question. I've never heard of a balloon being called a floater in my life. Is that like a British term, or is this just a weird thing that they decided to throw into a game? Uh, no, it, it, it. I guess it's descriptive, isn't it? The balloon floats. The floaters. floaters. Yes. I've heard of floater before, but only in in the you know the term of um, a number two in a bowl of water. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that, definitely toilet bowl language. Yeah. Humor. Some something left behind. <laughs> hey, you should have seen this floater. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. All right. Um, bog rocking turd the size of a submarine. <laughs> there, there's a lot of euphemisms. All right. Eric, this one is yours. And I had not... I remember hearing about this game to a point, but I watched a little bit of video and I can't wait to hear about it because it looks excellent. Yeah. So I've got a little story about this one. Okay. So the game that I picked was a Bomberland 64. This game, I'll tell you right now, is more nostalgia than the than the game per se for me. Because when I got back into the retro scene, like, I think I've told you guys this story before. The very first system I got was a Genesis just because I never had one and I really wanted one when I was a kid. But the second machine I got back was a Commodore 64. Like I was like, that's my machine growing up. I want to get in, get one again. So I got a Commodore 64. The very first game that I bought that was a modern game for the Commodore 64 was Bomberland 64. Mm. And I wanted to show you guys this here. So here's the box, Bomberland 64. Um, one fantastic thing about this. So I bought this in 2013. This is the when it came out. It is an orange cartridge, which you guys know how I feel about Jealous orange. You have the cartridge version. That's cool. So I have the cartridge Bomberland version. It has a little manual in it that's actually pretty good sized. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of pages on this manual. I mean, it it was really. It's by RGCD, which is a company that you know comes out with, um, you know, physical versions of games, but. Besides all that, besides all my nostalgia and my rose-tinted glasses, this is almost a perfect game of Bomberman, like the official Bomberman by Hudson Soft. This was written by, from what I can gather from my research that I did this month, this game was written by a bunch of demo scene guys that were, they knew what to do on a Commodore 64, graphically, sound-wise, they were the best of the best. They could do the best graphics. They could do the best music. They could do the best sound effects. Other than that, the game, there's not much to talk about here. It is almost a perfect clone of Bomberman. You you lay bombs down, you blow up bricks, bricks disappear, and there are power-ups that with all these different weapons. There is a single player mode in this game, but this was one of the very first games to support multiplayer with more than one. I think you could play up to five players. It's two to five players using a multi-tap. So as long as you can plug five joysticks in, you can play five players. Um, That's pretty amazing on a Commodore 64, especially in 2013. This was when those multiplayer taps were just starting to come out. Um, There are so many different options you can do in this game 
um, to configure the game the way you want. It has passwords for different levels. It has boss fights in the single player game. So that's you what, basically that's what I was noticing the boss fights, and that looked nothing like the original Bomberman I remember. Right, and there are that is a difference. There are boss fights in the single player mode. Um, let me tell you one of the coolest things in my mind, and you might you guys might not think this is the this is really super cool, but. When I first got this game and I was playing it, I was loving it, but I was like, oh, man, on Bomberman, like on the Xbox 360, what I really love to do is I love to go into a... So this has single-player mode, and then it has multiplayer mode, but there's also a deathmatch mode. And in deathmatch, you go into a world, and then you, you have to basically, you know, survive the level. Um. But you're certain you, when you play Deathmatch, you're playing against other players. You're playing against other real players, two to five players. And I was like, well, in the in the real Bomberman, what I really loved about it was that you could pick CPU players. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this game you couldn't do that. And I was like, oh, that's that's disappointing. There's a there's a picture of the boss fight that's going on, but I'm I'm telling you, two days later, after I thought that to myself, I was like, oh, man, you can't put CPU players in. There's a secret code you put in at the password screen, and it enables you to add CPU players in there. Awesome. And it's a secret code. And I was just like, <laughs> this is so cool. It's in the middle then, code, though. <laughs> no, but then there's another secret code that in the single player mode lets you have a buddy. You can have two players in the single player mode. So you could fight yeah. your you could fight the bosses. You could fight, you could just beat levels. You can add two players in single player mode. You can also add CPU players. And I just thought that was so neat that it was hidden on the it was hidden in the cartridge all along, but they didn't reveal that as like a, as a feature of the game. But other than that, as you guys can see, the graphics are amazing in this game. I mean, this is a great, great Bomberman clone. Yeah, I, I was not aware. I mean, I knew the game existed, but barely. I think it was just like 2013 was before I was in the scene. So, yeah, yeah, it's so I, in- I need a copy of this somehow. And I remember buying this in 2013. Now, I will tell you this. I tried just to do the research for this game to refresh my memory on this game. I tried to play this on Mr. and on the C64 Maxi. I know they don't like saying that, but the one that Tim got us, you know, the the Maxi. Um, It doesn't play on those. It crashes. So you got to play this on a real 64. And the reason, I think, is that it supports all of those physical four and five player modules. I think it's doing some kind of hardware test for those. So it glitches out when I try to play it on the mister or on, on the C64. So you got to play it on your real 64, which I did. So I plugged my cart, good old fashioned cartridge in there and played it and loved it. Fantastic version. Bomberland 64. And look at that even has an end screen and credits and everything. Oh, it's a story. The music is fantastic. Everything about this is super polished. So I just looked on the RGCD site and it's no longer for sale. Unfortunately, it's sold out. About 10 years really? ago. Yeah. No, I, I went and looked too immediately and I figured they just sold out of their run 10 years ago. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you, can, you can download a digital copy though, I think. I think so. you can. I found digital copies. I found trainers too. Like you could... 
yeah. download trainers that have those secret codes already embedded in it. So you can just pick them at the menu. Um, so there's trainers. You can download this and play it. And it'll play fine on a real 64. And maybe the fixed versions will play on all these other things. But Or you could just buy this version that I bought in 2013 because I'm going to put it on eBay and, and I'm going to put it up there for $1,000. Perfect. Okay. So I you want the buddy buddy price. There. I want nine ninety eight. <laughs> no, I'm keeping I'll, I'll this go, one. I'll go nine ninety eight fifty. There you go. This has a ton of nostalgia <laughs> for me. I mean, it was the first physical game I bought for the sixty four since I was a kid. So, I'll I'll take it for free, but donate to your favorite charity. Perfect. My favorite charity is Eric Nelson's floaters <laughs> and the floaters. Eric Nelson and the floaters. Help me with my fiber problem. <laughs> All right, so my first game. So let me get to this. I mentioned this earlier. Tim, you hadn't heard it yet, but long story short, I'm considering this not six good games, but four four good games and two interesting ones. <laughs> um, you're, you're actually taking my spot that I normally fill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm purposely taking it this time. So when I looked up all these games, and I don't know Dyna Blaster, or you know, we know that's one because you mentioned it, or Eric's other pick. I don't know those. I didn't find those yet. Um, although I think Eric's other pick might be in the vein of what I'm talking about. But anyways, yeah, you looked up a lot of common, you know, you, if you type Barman clone or whatever, you're doing whatever you can to find Barman type games. And a lot of them are just straight up clones. They're just, this is Bomberman. I'm going to do Bomberman on this system. I'm going to do it on this system. I saw a, a recent release for a game that was released on the Dreamcast and it looked like a really weird pastiche mix of kind of bad art smashed onto a Dreamcast, but it's just Bomberman still. The gameplay is still Bomberman. So I'm like, well, that's not what I want. I want, like, when you say Pac-Man clone, you don't see Pac-Man. You see other maze games with kind of different variations, like Ladybug, you know, one of my favorites. I wanted that, right? And so I'm like, what is a Bomberman game, really? And it's, to me, a Bomberman game is like a top-down game with a hard grid, and the gameplay is based around taking other players out using this this grid this grid screen almost like a maze game but you know and you can destroy blocks right that's yeah. bomberman clone how do you make a different game than what already already is bomberman in many 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 different forms and most of those unique versions of bomberman or clones of bomberman came out of japan uh so the first one i found is actually on the pc engine cd it was the last game released for the pc engine cd called moteki tamago you guys remember this one? I don't. I've never heard of this. Moteki Tamago. And I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly. And it's funny because it's the last game released on the PC Engine CD. And then another version of it that's very similar but with some changes was released on Sega Saturn. And that game was called Tameki Tamago, Moteki Tamago with Ganbari Kamanohasi. So there you go. <laughs> that's a mouthful. Yes. Yes. All right. So, and this game was actually recently, I think, re-released by uh, PCE Works, which is a company that re-released old games and some new ones on CD for the PC Engine CD system specifically. This game, of course, is super Japanese. And when you see it here shortly, you will see it is very much Bomberman inspired, but it's its whole own thing. So you start with the screen, all in Japanese, Although there is a ROM that has been translated. So that's what we're looking at here on this video we're watching. And you get to choose if you want to be player, the player in the 
you know, four corners. It could be the you know top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. And uh, you're a chicken. You're a little chicken. And you have these, you can choose, uh, select your, what world and what level you want to play on from the get-go, which is interesting. And it's definitely Bomberman-inspired because you've, you're one of four chickens and you can play four players against each other or one player and three computer characters or any mixture that you can imagine, right? And you're running around this grid and you're collecting eggs and the eggs will follow you. And after you walk around with these eggs over time, they will hatch and then those hatched eggs will try to fly, find their way back to your your chicken coop in your corner of the screen that you started at. And there's actually a whole lot of stuff going on in this game, which sounds super cool. Um, chickens are following, your eggs are following you when they're about to crack. You can see them about to crack. When they hatch, they start working their way back to the main screen. There's bushes all over the place. You can shake the bushes that makes power-ups come out. You can see them shaking one right there. You can get the power-ups to allow yourself to have more eggs or more speed or or uh, poison eggs or other power-ups. And in this particular video we're watching, it's just one player going through the game. Um, but let me scoot up here a little bit, and you'll see other players, right? Um, here we go. Now we got four chickens going. And so when you have four, four, player, four chickens going, the chickens can come up behind you and take your eggs or interrupt your chickens from going back to their nest and stop them and redirect them to their other nest. Meanwhile, there's this gigantic orb, crazy Japanese orb thing, orb thing with big <laughs> eyes that lays down like omelets that you can't get. Th- it's it's insanity, the amount of stuff going on on the screen. It looks really cool and really good, and I was very excited to play it. Uh, truth here is lots of cool ideas, lots of... Um, great looking graphics, lots of very whimsical different levels and different things going on. But when you're playing this game, it's like trying to pat your belly and rub your head and tap your toe and scratch your ear all at the same time. It's impossible. And you are constantly getting everything stolen from you. You're constantly getting, you know, you can get in fights with the other chickens. If you actually touch the other chicken, you actually have to smash the direction buttons and in different directions and try to fight your way through the chickens. There's just so much competition for everything that I could never get the hang of this game. But I have to give them credit for taking that Bomberman formula and saying, what else could we do with it? And they did like seven other things with it. I think if they picked one or two, this could have been really good. Uh, But ultimately, it's just kind of its own unique Bomberman-ish thing. Um you can see this level there's more it's more city based and this level is almost like being inside of a castle or something but yeah it's it's unique and interesting so that's it moteki tamago it looks really crazy <laughs> yeah, i want it to be good that, that, that it looks crazy and it is when you're playing it obviously it's just way too much all at once isn't it yeah and it's just it's so much competition like having any control of actually getting your eggs to hatch away from another player and getting that chicken to run back to your, your home. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> like, Did this come out? Is this a Japanese only release? Japanese only. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It looks like it. I mean, I, I got to give this a try though, because I think I, I, I've considered myself a pretty good Bomberman player. So maybe I can try to figure this out. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's worth a try. And I think it'd be one of those games that if the three of us were ever to get in, in, in person and play the game, uh, 
just the three of us only without a computer player. I think it'd be hilarious us like all trying to figure it out and being of equal lack of ability on this game. And it might be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. There we go. That looks great. Very colorful too. Three more games starting yeah. with Tim's next surprise pick. Yes. Yeah. Back to me. <laughs> back to uh, Tim. So this one um, is Dyna Blaster on the Amiga. Yes. Um, this is the Bomberman clone uh, for the Amiga. Which and, Amiga, uh, though? Any Amiga. 500 and up or 1,000 yeah, and up. Yeah. 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 yeah you, as long as, look, I think you've got to have 512. I think it is 512K RAM. So as long as you're on there. Um, yeah, this came out in 1991, and again, this is another Hudson Soft game, another original. Say this is—I knew this. It was an official Hudson Soft Bomberman game. Yeah, it's just called Dino Blaster. Same idea, right? No, no bomb in the title. Yeah, although Bomberman, I think, was available in. Was it available at this this kind of time? Ninety one. No, it's probably just just on the cusp for the SNES, isn't it? For the Super Nintendo, I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, this came out in uh, 1991, and this was priced quite high, actually, for an Amiga game, £30.99. Wow. Um, so I, that was one of the reasons why it didn't sell so well over here. Um, and this, this was a game that I kind of saw originally um, and didn't really pay too much attention because uh, I didn't at the time didn't really know much about Bomberman and all that sort of stuff. It was just another game, and it looked pretty basic. So at the time, I just kind of like glossed straight over it. Um, but since revisiting, I can say this is probably one of my favourite Bomberman style games, um, especially as it's got that I can I you know it's it's a it's a game on the Amiga that is proper you know, uh, proper arcade style and a really, really faithful style game. I thought you were going to say good. Um, it is. It <laughs> is good. It's very good. Um, and th- this is probably one of the Bomberman games I've actually played the most. Um, purely based on the fact that we've just I've just started playing it now for the podcast. And I think I played this for two or three hours solid. Uh, nice. it's brilliant i love it yeah <laughs> um and it helped that i was able to test out my amiga 1200 with it <laughs> yes um because it literally we, we dropped at that same sort of time so I, I, I was playing this on the 1200 um and i didn't use any compact flash or anything like that i used my grease weasel and um <laughs> uh copied it over onto a real floppy disk so i played played it off of the disk drive and all that sort of stuff proper proper authentic style um yeah this is this essentially it is Bomberman. there's not a massive amount to say about it looks it. exactly um, like him unlike eric and the floaters i mean that that's Bomberman yeah. with the white helmet and the pink nobbin whatever that thing is yeah uh, the the uh, the aliens walking around the style of the bombs the pickups the exits the timer the it's it's just it's just all there those aren't aliens um, those but, are floaters okay they're floaters <laughs> yep i've played this i've played this tim and like it it just it's bomberman i mean yeah. it's like as yeah. good of a bomberman as you're going to get anywhere else genesis saturn whatever it's, it's exactly it yeah. is perfect. It is it is the perfect game for the Amiga because it is a proper, I don't know, arcade console game 
directly done on the Amiga. Um, and the price of this now for trying to find an original of oh, this, no. it's, a spi- it's definitely a spicy meatball. I've seen <laughs> copies of this go for around about 150, 200 pounds. So, yeah, it, it's be- I think it didn't help that it was obviously such a pricey game at the time. And because it was late in the release, obviously you had, you know, the consoles like the Genesis and the SNES and all that sort of stuff coming around that sort of time um, that this really kind of like got overlooked a bit on the Amiga, I think, yeah. in terms of, you know, sales and um, uh, not in reviews, you know, it got brilliant reviews because it essentially is Bomberman. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's got all that Hudson soft polish in it. It's got the nice graphical intro with the story behind it and the cutesy style graphics, that sort of thing. It's got the password. Uh, so you get continues and you get passwords in this. All um, the power-ups are there, which I've noticed. Ooh, like the, the kick, yeah. the slide, all, all the classic Bomberman power-ups are there. The... Um, the the level scroll. I don't like remember the level saw. scrolling in the, in the Bombermans I've ever played. Yeah, and so I mean I, the the first Bomberman I fell in love with was Super Bomberman Two on the Super Nintendo, and this is just as good. This is just as yeah. good as that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not kind of like a Bomberman aficionado. Uh, I've got a few versions of it scattered about, and it's not been a game I've really ever played a ton of mm-hmm. um, up until Dino Blaster. I think this has really kind of like ignited the, the Bomberman series of games. And, and um, yeah, uh, there's lots of bomb-related puns there, I guess I can make. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, really... Uh, kind of like lit that um, hey. lit the fuse <laughs> <laughs> yeah for me for me there's no better party game than Bomberman if you have like a multi-tap and can play four player like I, I played parties on my Xbox 360 with four controllers and oh it is so much fun with four four human players it, it there's nothing nothing beats it I love absolutely love it so, so you're gonna laugh my my two Bomberman experiences from my act of the time were Bomberman, the original one on the NES and then Bomberman 64 on the Nintendo 64, which was fun because Nintendo 64 was four player. Yep. And that's, those are the two I've actually played of the era, which are kind of not the traditional Bomberman places to play Bomberman. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. This is it though. This looks great, man. It oh is, yeah, this is it is, it's just just great fun. Um, so yeah, like I say, reviews on that uh, were mixed. Um, I guess the lowest was I think it was seventy percent from a magazine called Amiga Joker, and then the highest praise was from ninety two percent from Amiga Computing in May nineteen ninety two. Funny how far apart reviews were back then. Yeah, I, 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 because listening to the amigos, like, uh, I know they're always talking about uh, the different reviews from different magazines, and Amiga Joker is always brutal with the reviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you could have the best game in the world, and it's going to get a sixty-five or seventy percent. That's just they, that's they, just the way they, they were. They were really harsh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Speaking of Bomberman, Dino Blaster. Yep. So, yep. So just like Cody said, I went a different way on this one. So I picked one that was a, just a straight up bomber man clone to one that is not a bomber man clone at all. I mean, it, it has bomber man mechanics. 
And even the reviews of the day mentioned that it was a classic arcade game that kind of spliced in Bomberman stuff to make it more popular. Um, this game is called Papenga Pango. And for people that know the arcade game Pango, um, that's the classic one where you're a penguin and you're sliding around ice blocks to try to eliminate your enemies. And once you do, you move to the next level. Um, this game adds on to it, but they're both still Sega franchises. But this one only came out in Japan. So this was a Sega Mega Drive for only Japanese audience. So this so didn't come out here. Exactly. <laughs> But it's called Papango Pango, a Papanga Pango, um, and it is the sequel to the 1982 arcade game. Um, it was released, uh, like I said, in '95 for the Sega Mega Drive exclusively in Japan. Isn't that the girl's um, name of Boy Meets World? <laughs> that exactly. <laughs> that was Topanga. This is Papanga. Um, it was the last first-party Sega Mega Drive game to be released in that region. Um. What you do in this game is it's kind of like Pango. You still have ice blocks. You still slide them. You still try to beat your enemies. But where the Bomberman mechanics really fit into this, and they've there have been like people that worked on this game that admitted that this was the case, they wanted to make it more Bomberman-like. So what they did was now your penguin, unlike in Pango, can drop ice blocks. So he basically poops out these ice crystals and they, they kind of transform over a few seconds into ice blocks that you can then push into the enemies. The goal of the game is to clear the enemies out on each level. They do spawn again. So you got to kind of try to hurry and, 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 and kill them. Um, the other thing you can do is there's these special diamond blocks on the levels. And if you get three diamond blocks that are, Together, it'll clear the level automatically, wipe out all of the dudes on the screen, and then you can move on to the next level. Also, like Bomberman and not in the original Pango, is that there will be power-ups that reveal themselves when you break ice blocks. These power-ups will like freeze time so that the enemies stop and then you can hit them with ice blocks. There's things that will increase the timer. Um there's there, there's a couple other power-ups. I don't remember what they do right now, but basically you're just you going there. Oh, the, the star, uh, there's the star. I just saw the star one. So the challenge in this game is that there will, if you're not fast enough in defeating enemies on the screen, they will respawn. So then your timer's going to run out and you will run out of time and you won't be able to complete the level. So you can't just kind of screw around. You really have to, defeat the enemies in each level. And there are multiple levels. There are like ice levels. There are greener ones that have plants and stuff on them. Um, it's a very colorful game. It's a very fast paced game. Um, it, it adds a lot of interesting elements to the game that I think make it worth playing. I mean, this is, this one's a lot to me, a lot more fun than the original Pango. But how is it compared to Bomberman? It, if, if I'm being honest, it's not as good as Bomberman. All right. But it's a good game, so it qualifies for six good games. I like the boss battles. There are those, boss battles. Those yeah. seem more interesting than the rest of the game to me. Yeah. Oh, there he goes, pooping out some ice. 
Yep. Um, and it's also interesting, yeah, he starts in a very pingo world with ice on the ground and snowy ice blocks and stuff. Then eventually you're on dirt, but yep. still pushing ice blocks. They're underwater, still pushing ice blocks. So the theming um, becomes more interesting. It, it looks like you go all over the place, a bunch of different... Like Egypt, especially uh, when you, especially when you're going to Sand World and you're pushing ice. Blocks. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or here you're inside some sort of a pyramid, but next to fire and pushing ice blocks. Yeah, some cold poop. Cold <laughs> poop. It's a it's a good game. You guys should give it a try it if you haven't. Really I mean, cool. it's a it's a kind of a nice little arcade game, and it's colorful. Uh, Sega did a really good job with it, and the mechanics make sense once you start playing with it. Um. And again, there are boss battles and all sorts of cool stuff. So I like it. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I didn't find this game because you would have gotten to it first, and I would have been PO'd that you <laughs> that you took it from me, and then I would have been left with the next game we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this game is on the PlayStation One, gentlemen. And guess what? It's a Japanese yeah. exclusive. And it's even I love a- this. Title. I want you to. I want you to say this title and say it with a, pride. A funnier name than in the previous one. This one's called Butsubushi. <laughs> Butsubushi. And uh, this game, uh, again, is. Um, I think this one did have a, a, a translation available to it, but imagine if a semi-bomber man-like game was mixed with a fighting game. Actually, it's more like ping. It's a lot like. P- Pepango the Penguin, Pepango Pango, Pepango Pango, that game. But uh, where you can make a ton of blocks, the blocks kind of connect together almost like Tetris pieces, and then you can shove the entire piece at your enemies, and that's the entire game. Um, again, so it's a, like a, if you if you mixed Pango with butts, Butsubushi, Butsubushi, absolutely. So after we get past this advertisement, you guys will see, but it's very much looks almost like um, the art style is almost very much like, like they're trying to do like street fighter, puzzle fighter kind of a thing. Yeah. Like the, the candy blues and pinks. Um, here we go. Boom. So it very much looks like uh, anime fighting type of a game. And then you pop in, uh, you get to select which character the characters are odd. One of them is straight out of the village people, like this construction yeah, worker. <laughs> That's a sweet stash, right? That is not that is not an Adolf Hitler stash. He went the other direction. He went all the mustache. No. Um, and uh, and then some other very bizarre kind of anime characters, including the robot, which looks like uh, MILF 2000, if you remember that from Mobile Life Force. <laughs> right. Um there's one that in there that looks like a Teletubby. You are correct. That yeah. one right there, and it walks like one too. So here's the game. Uh, there are blocks in the screen. It's not a, con- a constant grid, but you're literally, um, we'll just keep using the term pooping out blocks uh, of your own color. And those blocks form into larger pieces. They connect to each other. And then whenever you feel like it, you get behind them and just throw them across the screen at enemies. And for each, it's kind of weighted, right? So if you have one block and throw it and it hits an enemy, that enemy will get pushed back one one grid, one square on the grid. If you connect that to three other ones and make four kind of blocks into a shape and push it and the enemy gets hit, they'll be pushed back four blocks. If the enemy is pushed into a wall, something that is non-movable, or another block, they will die. And your whole goal is to kill the other three enemies on the screen and be the last man standing. That is wow. the game. 
Okay. I've never heard of this game on PS1. It seems it's like it'd crazy. be super fun. It'd be super fun, especially if you could get four players or even two players. Yeah, and I agree it would be if the controls didn't suck. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I just dear. found it super frustrating <laughs> to try to... I mean, it should be grid-based. It should be really rigid and very simple to control, but it's not. You're kind of... I can't describe it. It just it It's hard to be accurate. And you need this thing. Janky. You need it to be dead accurate, like a Bomberman game, right? In Bomberman, yeah. if you hit like forward, he walks forward, but he walks forward like an entire block. Yes. Right? In this game, it's like it's not quick enough. You can stop mid-block. You don't know where your blocks are going to pop in in the one in front of you or behind you. You don't know exactly where you are. It's um, Maybe if you play it enough, you'll get the hang of it and it'll become second nature, but I didn't get there. Uh, there's also these additional blocks that you don't push out these ones right here. And they have, it looks like four little pistons, one on each side of the block. And those work a little differently because if you hit them with something, all the pistons on that block will fire outwards and launch anything that's next to it away. So if you're next to it, it'll shove you across the screen. If it's a block, it'll shove that across the screen. If it's next to a wall, it'll shove itself across the screen. And that can be another fun strategy to try to figure out how you use it as a, a weapon to your advantage. But that is the game. Um, it, it looks cool. It, it does look cool. Um, the, and the levels aren't terribly varied. They do change in look, but as far as it's basically an, a big empty arena with a few, if you want to call them, um, obstacles in the center, walls in the center, and uh, but a lot of open space. And it's uh, it's really just kind of one on three. Oh, look, there's even a pooper there. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, one on three block shoving action. And I'm not sure how much, how strategic you can really get. I feel like you just build blocks and throw them at opponents and try not to die and hope that your blocks kill them. So there you go. Mm. But Tsubushi. But Tsubushi. That is six good games. That it is. And what else is it, Eric? It's a show. It's the closing of episode 123. This is true. How do you guys feel about that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am thoroughly pumped and uh, I've worked my way mostly through that beer as well. So your custard, uh, <laughs> vanilla custard. I'm custarded. Mm. The, the breakfast of champions. It does sound good. <laughs> Actually, it's funny now because yep. both of your rooms look very similar. They almost look like mirror images of each other now. <laughs> yeah mine's much messier i will say tim's is nice and clean mine is mine needs a cleanup it's well loved all right cool i guess that's it <laughs> that's an episode that's an episode simple enough so when we come back next month we will be in the month of lovers exactly. february where Hallmark makes its money, and my wife and I don't uh, do the Valentine's Day thing at all, but a lot of people do. Yes, that's they do. just fine. So maybe we should talk about like um, Japanese romance games. Is that, we should, is that what we should do next month? <laughs> Doki Doki Literature Ooh, Club. Good choice. Good choice. Um, yes. I have a few ideas for next month, but it'll be a short month since we are recording on the 26th today, so... In order to get this next episode out on February 15th, that's where you'll find us next. 
And I'm sure we'll have some great content by then. But at this point, we don't know what it is yet. Not yet, but we need to get it soon. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get at it. Get it. All right, gentlemen, let's let all the people know that they need to remember it's dangerous dangerous to to go go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>